Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on May the 28th, 2018. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the one with the beady eyes. Caffeine Rage? You can't actually see me, so... But I'm looking at your your Team Fortress 2 picture and a special B-Team guest. What up? It's Kyle. And on today's episode, we are doing a uh, bonus episode. As we've mentioned a couple of times on the show, at least I'm pretty sure we said it on the show, Rage is going to be moving soon and we might have to miss a week. So either this will be in place of a regular episode because we've missed, or if we don't miss, then it'll go in a a Franken slot, but it won't be in the Franken episode. Yeah, it'll be in the vault. It'll just sit in the Dropbox file for months. But we've just got some topics to bullshit about, and the bullshit has already been going on for like 15 minutes pre-recording, so... We're just, like, doing the thing so that we can just talk and not worry about it. Well, to be fair, we do have Kyle here. <laughs> we do have Kyle here. I believe it was Chemist who said, uh, my propensity for sticking to my own bullshit is commendable. <laughs> yes, and Kyle and I have cameras so we can see each other. Rage does not, but that's okay. No, I'm just sitting here traumatized. You can just watch us. You can watch me play with my hair. We He... I never use my webcam when we record, so he doesn't know that I sit here and play with my hair the entire time we record. Every <laughs> but you know, this does answer a few uh, questions. <laughs> why like, you, why you, sometimes you just uh, seems rather far off. Well, so, so you get out your deck of cards or whatever whenever I talk about stuff you don't care about. And sometimes when you talk about stuff I don't care about, I just sit here and play with my hair. Sometimes I'm sleepy. Because we always record at the end of my day. So, I have the deck of cards of utter boredom. You have the head of hair of utter boredom. I do. My hair's getting thinner, though. It makes me sad. I mean, I'm sure it's really hard to tell for you guys, but I pr- my hair is getting thinner. Hmm. I'm, I'm becoming an old man. Well, Mostly, all- I like being an old man, but there are some bad things. Well, you could always invest in... Uh, like the pain these. when you cath? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the pain when I cath. <laughs> Oh. catheters scare me like one of the only legitimate phobias i have besides spiders is like medically related stuff and having things shoved up your dick yeah catheters scare me yeah it wasn't fun had one before yeah i never have and i'm sure at some point i will yeah i mean i'd have to weigh my options it's between you know i could just die from overload of urea in my system or i could cath death or really just not okay stuff shoved up my dick. I don't know. Definitely death. I think death. I'd rather have cake. Yeah, yeah cake is good. Didn't know that was an option. <laughs> I don't, I don't, uh, never mind. Let's not go there. Never mind. Don't worry about it. What, we're not going somewhere for once? Yeah, no. It's fine. Uh, is this just because we have a guest? No, it's fine. Yeah, it's just because we have a guest on something that we put out publicly to the world. Yeah, that's why that's why we're holding yeah, back. Yeah. Also, well, to be I've, fair, nobody listens to us anyway. I've graphically described my penis to him before, so it's not that. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I got to get back on straight as a pretzel. Oh, <laughs> uh, is that even still going on? Uh, to be honest, I don't listen to it. The last time we recorded an episode was October, November. 
God, I love the colors in October. It's great. Noctober, yeah. Noctober. Yeah, but it's, the problem like October, is that. But at night. Yeah, the problem with Noctober is you know uh, the crops are starting to wither away, and uh, you have to make sure your generators are all uh, fueled up, ready to go for the long winter. Yeah. Well, the other thing about Noctober is, I mean, it's just so dark out all the time. It's like the land of eternal night. It's like nocturnal October. It's great. It's just nice and cool. I'm and just then staring the, at your face, Kyle. And then the Mechadoids show up. Oh, I saw. Yeah, I hey, saw that. Hey, 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 how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. How you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> this just got a little bit weird for the people listening in. How you doing? Uh, to be <laughs> fair, it's kind of a little bit of weird for me too. Uh, yeah, just I just can't stop staring at your face, Kyle. I see, yeah, there you go. <laughs> Making all like the visual gags, like, "Hey, check this shit out." Only so you how, can long see. Have, how long have you been at your new house? What day is it today? Monday? Yep. Uh, I have been here since Saturday. Nice. So. The fuck? Anyways. <laughs> so, you guys are renting, not purchasing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, we had to sign a rental lease agreement because the guy that we're renting through is a, uh, he's a, of course he's a landlord. Why wouldn't he be? He's a real. He's I mean, a that, that typically is the you know the term that he's he a realtor. Yeah, he's, he's a lout. He's a land count. He's not. He's not a lord. He's a count. He's a baron of Saint Joseph. I don't know. Oh, you um, got to watch out for the land dukes, though. <laughs> I got to watch out for the land mines. Uh, we still have Canadian geese in this area, so. Um, ah, weird... geese, the asshole cousin of the duck. <laughs> so there's a weird stipulation in the way that the lease was worded. Where Mel's and I, we wanted to be sure we could own a snake train. I think it's the Amtrak, actually. Yeah, that's loud and annoying. That's the Amtrak. Hey, I'm and not the only one with train problems anymore. Oh, hey, I could see it. Yep, it's right out our back window. <laughs> hey, and it's gone. Uh, so. Yeah, but unfortunately, it's not the Chattanooga, Chattanooga choo choo, so uh, Jared's not quite as excited about it. Choo choo. I've been Pardon to that. A few me, times. Boys. Is that the Chattanooga choo choo? All right, so um, we asked if we could keep a snake because Mel's and I want to take another pass at that where the snake won't get evicted this time. And do originally the wording was we could have a corn snake if we wanted to, this, that, the other thing. It's pretty restrictive. We can only get one species of snake. We can't, we're limited to one snake. It has to be a male. There has to be no chance of it getting pregnant and infesting the house, which Okay, fine. I don't own the house. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, uh, depending on the breed of snake, it's usually several years before you're able to tell gender, though. Mm, yeah, sort of. With a corn snake, there's um, you can look. Well, at the I don't tail. know corn snakes, so. Well, yeah, Mel's and I have been doing some research, but with snakes, the tail—if the snake—and this is a dumb way to put it—if it looks like it has hips, where the tail just all at once and the last like about thirty rings of scales. It's probably a girl. If it looks like it's just one continuous body, it's probably So in other words, if it has an ass that won't quit. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, nice. anyways. Yeah, my biology some... teacher uh, had a uh, boa constrictor that uh, they had to give it a gender neutral name because the specific, uh, I think it was a boa, but, you know, some sort of uh, rather large constrictor. Right. Uh, and they had to give it a gender neutral name because they realized it would be several years before they even realized what gender it was because it uh, uh, was 
was it mature enough until then? Right. Yeah. Like with uh, larger snakes, you generally have to wait like three or four years before sexual maturity actually happens in them. But anyways, as I was saying, in yeah, the then lease, they start buying makeup. In the lease, it uh, was supposed to say tenants can, tenants may, but the actual wording in it is tenants will own a corn snake. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So I am now legally obligated to own a snake. <laughs> There you go. There you go. Don't want to break the terms of your lease. You don't want to get evicted. No, I don't want to get evicted because I don't own a pet. <laughs> the the land duke shows up in a few days. Where's your snake? We we must see your snake now. And you just well, drop your funny, pants. The guy who owns the house is terrified of snakes, and yet he's still letting us do this, so he's not coming in the house at all. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, he, uh, whenever he comes to do inspections, he's constantly looking around like, okay, where's the snake? <laughs> yeah, he's saying as long as he can see it. So if he does need to come over, we'll just put it in the travel tank. So you know, you can just take a look at it. It's well, well, he has to make sure that you're abiding by your lease, that you have your snake, your legally obligated snake. You know, you got reptiles upstairs, firearms in the basement. It's just a wholesome house to be in. There you go. Oh, so it's like Real the government American household. Well, I was going to say government since there's uh, you know reptiles in the uh, uh, attic, you know. <laughs> I think you mean reptilians yeah. in the attic. The, the the reptilians, the lizard men. I've heard one way to tell if uh, you're like under the lizard men spell is uh, it's like you prefer to have snakes or lizards over dogs, and I'm like, nah, dogs need too much attention. Snake doesn't give a shit if I'm here or not. Uh, my problem with dogs is they suck up too much. Go on. Uh, no, not dogs. no, not in that way. I l- I like to pet warm fuzzy dogs. I like cats. I'm, I'm not sure if I like cats more than dogs or not, but I'm allergic to cats, so I don't even have that as an option. So a dog is like the only fuzzy pet I can have. What about a chinchilla? Uh, well, I want something that I can like, that's like big enough to like really snuggle, but not too big. Chinchilla would be too small. Yeah, but you can always have like a pocket chinchilla. I need like a 10 pound dog. Like that's perfect. Can I recommend the Boston Terrier provided you are okay with, like, noise complaints? Because those little suckers are loud, but they're pretty small. My preferred dog of choice is a, a dachshund, but I like terriers. Yep. But, yeah, so, pets, they're great. Rage, can you own pets at your new place or no? Uh, I don't think so. Mm. I mean, I'm uh, going to go over the least well. By my standards, because I'm still nocturnal and I'm slowly cycling around my sleep cycle to be normal. Okay. Uh, today, maybe tomorrow, depending on uh, when the manager uh, gets her paperwork in order. Because uh, here's the fun part is that, okay, I'm doing final prep to be able to move. And the manager at my apartment complex, because it's like a group of uh, four or five different buildings plus another group down the street. So let's say about half a dozen-ish. She goes on vacation for a week, the week before the end of the month. Ooh. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's not necessarily great so, for people needing to make changes. Yeah, so I don't actually have the physical address to be able to start setting up utilities. So that's why I'm likely targeting next Monday for the move day. To give an extra working day. And plus, there's also Memorial Day, which is today. So, you know. 
Yep. Yay, that also memorials. threw a wrench in everything else. Yep. Yep. Memorial Day. Went to a barbecue. It was hot as fuck. I stayed home all day today. Went to I slept. my parents yesterday. Then left the kid at their house. So I had a free day. Nice. And Katie's only partially sick today, not completely sick. So I didn't have to take care of her all day. That's good. Yeah, Indeed. my day was I uh, hit the store early, early, early this morning to grab some groceries. Then came home. Uh, let's about on the interwebs for a while. Then went to sleep all day. Fair enough. So, uh, you were saying about dogs, Jared. Would this be about the appropriate size? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe. Purely visual gag and a totally audio podcast. Love it. Love everything about it. Absolutely. It's <laughs> the best way to do it. Everybody best way knows, to do it. Everybody knows the best jokes are the ones yeah, you I'm, have to explain. I'm trying to remember there's an animal that I was uh, going to suggest to Jared instead, but uh, I'm just looking forward. Hang on. You could always wrap a lizard in felt. Ah. Or knit a snake a sweater. Yeah, knit a snake a sweater. That's a good one, dear. Snake okay, would be uh, my first uh, choice for a pet, but I don't hate snakes. Well, this is a technically exotic, uh, exotic animal, so this may you know, cause some trouble in Tennessee. But a cabria? Uh, what? Is a mammal native to uh, South America. It's the largest living rodent in the world. <laughs> I think you mean a cabibara. A cabibara, sorry. Well, also have not my favorite, but I'm not a hundred percent opposed. Although, well, let me well, Google well, this thing. Yeah, take a look at this thing. Okay. Let's, let's go. Uh, it, I've it, seen those. Before it, it, it looks on, like a, 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 a almost a horseshoe in its face. That's kind of cute. Is and, it like mean or deadly or poisonous or something? Well, let's put it this way. Uh, you Google search, uh, it, do image search, and one of the first images is it humping a turtle, so. <laughs> I- I'm serious. <laughs> All right, so Google search Capybara. I want to do this now. Yeah, just scroll down a little bit. Oh, you said one of the first images. Oh, there we go. Nope. It's not going to show up. Okay. Uh, this one's wearing a harness. It's cute. Capybara humping a turtle. Yeah, just uh, keep scrolling down. Oh, okay, it's not one of the first images, but I think it's on the first page. My beer bottle is in the way. That looks like one humping a cat. Or for There's me... sleeping on a turtle. Okay, maybe it's sleeping, but on the uh, on the thumbnail, it looked humping. And the turtle's kind of uh, retracted, and it's like, no, no, uh, this is not happening. Yeah, I'd have to agree with Jared. I think that's just sleeping on the turtle. Oh, that's far less sexy now. Anyways, I uh, sent you a picture of a snake sweater. I'm gonna, I, I heard you say sexy, Rage. I have to now search sexy capybara. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to. Sexy. 
Let me just let me just drop this link in the chat. God damn it, Skype, stop being stupid. Well, that's a thing. Yep, that's a thing. Rule thirty four? Fucking chat. There it is. I love, uh, you know, search, uh, pe- uh, ca- keeping cab- uh, bars at pets. And the blog also has, you know, keeping praying mantises, keeping crabs, keeping iguanas. Okay. Should you have a, a, a prairie dog as a pet? There we go. Yeah, that's, that was one of the ones I saw. Shit, not, probably not have a prairie dog as a pet. Just, just yeah. probably not. Because then you'd be prairie dogging it. Indeed. Indeed. That's exactly why you shouldn't have a prairie dog as a pet. <laughs> Ten animals that you should never keep as a pet. Oh, this ought to be good. Oh, God. I See, was about to try and segue us to our first topic on our <laughs> bullshit topics list, but you know what? This is more interesting, so let's talk about ten animals you shouldn't have as a pet. Uh, let's see. Pet primates. No. Uh, hell no. No. Lemurs, uh, lemurs, chimpanzees, baboons, that sort of thing. Uh, big cats, as in lions, tigers, leopards, cougars. <laughs> uh, venomous snakes. So, you know, uh, uh, Kyle, make sure you, uh, make sure, uh, 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 spaghetti doodle two is not poisonous. I was going to call it that image, Kyle. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently they love sweaters. Uh, bears. No shit. That doesn't doesn't apply to Russia. I feel like every every Reddit post I see that has to do with Russia, there's a bear in it. A uh, normal day in Russia, like fifty percent of those posts are people hanging out with bears. It's no big deal. Bear is friend. Bear what, isn't wasn't there, citizen. Wasn't there a, a, a news story not too long ago about this? Well, once again. Uh, some idiot Yellowstone uh, getting balled to death because they took a selfie with a bear. Fucking I didn't idiot, see that, but, but I'm not surprised. I, I'm not sure if it was Yellowstone, but uh, it was U.S. Park. It was Jellystone. <laughs> uh, uh, turns out he had a picnic basket in his uh, pocket. Oh, and, no, no, you know, no, no, no. It was a picnic yeah. basket. Not a picnic uh, basket. Yogi just couldn't control himself. All right, so bears. What's after bears? Yeah, what's after bears? I'm uh, Cochius's, uh, co- uh, Uh It's a member of the raccoon family. So, yeah, there's your problem right there. Originally from South America, these omnivores require a very large enclosure to roam about. And they have okay. 38 to 40 sharp teeth. So, yeah. What was it? How, uh, did you, how did you spell that? I'm curious what this looks like. Uh, Cotis. Uh, C-O-A-T-I-S. But... The pronunciation oh, key. those fuckers. Co- what am I even doing? Those little things. Yes, I know what they are. Let's see. Bats. Wolves and coyotes. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, they're kind of cheating on this because some of the, these are, you know, uh, two on the same entry. Well, hey, that's just I, more information about pets you shouldn't have. I mean, uh, this isn't like uh, The way sense. I'm going to pronounce this sounds like I'm uh, describing Jared. Kinkyo juice? Oh, kinkajou. Alligators and crocodiles. No, no fucking shit. shit, right? <laughs> Unless you're Florida man, right? 
Florida man. <laughs> now and foxes. In, uh, we uh, we fished this hairy alligator out the swamp, and uh, we decided to teach him how to cook meth. All right. That sounds like the best idea. That sounds like Florida. That sounds Floridian. I shouldn't just be yeah. from Florida. You guys might have a listener down there. We might. Well, Damn. after this, we might even have a listener. Was that was that all of them? I yeah, that was all of them. Uh, foxes okay. were, uh, wrapped up the, the list. Even though I would have probably put foxes with uh, you know uh, coyotes and wolves because yeah, it's the same general bad idea. But yeah, <laughs> who would want a pet alligator? Who wants uh, you know a Florida log? Uh, the American murder log. Good pet. You know, there's probably a lot more people out there who want a pet alligator than you would think. Like, obviously, there's some. I bet there's more than you think. Most likely. Yeah. Hmm. I'm going to post something quick, sec, just as long as we're on the topic of reptiles. The, uh, the, sure. The caption on this, it didn't come through in the picture, is, you stay away from my pizza rolls, you long bastard. <laughs> 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 so, uh, for those of you on the podcast, I will do a little uh, audio painting of what I am seeing here. There is a fairly well-to-do kitchen, nice countertops, wood panel, uh, cabinetry, uh, a range, and above that, a microwave. And on that microwave, there's a head of what looks to be about a eight or nine foot long banana python going for the microwave. From the floor. From the floor. So you stay away from my uh, you stay away from my totinos, you long bastard. But yeah, so pets are pets are great. Indeed. You know what other else? things that are great? You know what else things is great? That we're looking forward to at E three. Fuck, I was gonna hijack it. What are we looking forward to? Well, there'll be plenty of times for you to hijack shit, but let's do at least one thing off the topics list. What are some things that we're looking forward to at E3? Since at at least time of recording, E3 is in two weeks. Less than two weeks. Yeah. Uh, For me, it was more of things I'm not looking forward to. One, Battle fucking Royale. Oh. Yeah. Uh, So... I'm going to put probably the over-under of major Battle Royale, either modes or full games, at four we're, we're going to see throughout the all the conferences. Are you including the ones that we already know about? Yes. Because it's... Okay. Uh, there's, what, two that we already know about? Two yeah, major ones? Yeah, we already ones? know about COD and Battlefield's Battle Royale modes. Yeah, I'm expecting at least two more. Well, the thing that blew my mind about the Battlefield one was... We're making the Black Ops uh, Battle Royale mode. The most, uh, God, I keep trying to say PUBG, the most Blops version of uh, Yeah, it's kind Battle of funny. Uh, uh, the two uh, big first-person shooters are essentially swapping on their Battle Royale modes, aren't they? Because Call of Duties is more Battlefield, and Battlefield is more Call of Duty, isn't it? Yeah. Based on what little Based- I've seen. But to be fair, I haven't really dove into it because... I don't give a fuck about Battle Royale or either of these games. I mean, there's not been much really revealed about either of them, specifically for the Call of Duty one. They're just like, we're going to have massive battlefields, and for the first time ever, ever, vehicles in our multiplayer mode. And it's like, that's cool, bro. It's cool. I guess. I don't really care. I mean, as one no as single player, so as long not as, interested. As long as the engine is well optimized, I don't think people are. <laughs> 
the graphics could be shit, but as long as the multiplayer is well optimized, you don't have to. Uh, you don't really have to worry about pissing people off. I'm sorry, but did when when Mel's walked by, did you two just flip each other off? Yeah, because nice. because here's what happened. I didn't. That's want to what get love up. is, right there. I didn't want to get up. Just hand me the bottle, dear. I didn't want to get up to go get myself some liquor, so I sent her in the pantry to get my liquor for me. Thank you. One of the benefits of living together. <laughs> yep. Thanks, dear. The other, the other primary benefit being screen watching. Oh, absolutely, yeah. As as Mel's pointed out on that tweet last week or two weeks ago. Yeah, instantly uh, thought about cheating. Poor, uh, poor Kyle. Well, here's the thing you have to realize. My setup is right here, my two-screen setup. Her setup yep. is 90 degrees that way. So my desk, she could cheat uh, her desk. on you a lot easier than you could cheat on her. Mm, not really. I'm going to put a mirror right here. <laughs> what? So I can't look at your screen? Nope, so I can look at your screen. Oh, you bitch. Nice. Yep, that's true love right there. It's true love. Just flip each other off. Yeah, that's, that's basically it. Are you guys walking through the house, like, punching each other yet? No, not yet. Um, yeah, that'll happen. Okay, we're <laughs> inside baseball, and Mel's is going to shoot me a death glare here when I start telling the story. But, um, <laughs> the one thing so if Kyle happen- suddenly disappears, uh, no, we know why. No, you will see me now. get dragged off camera like it's a fucking... Well, well, I was talking on the audio version. Um, but, yeah, so one of the things that we do is uh, whenever we're going upstairs... And uh, one person's in front of the other one. The person behind the other person will just go right up the pooper with a finger. And uh, it'll just wake somebody. Okay, so she's crawling. She's combat crawling over here to shut me up. But uh, it is honestly pretty fucking funny. Oh, hey, matches. Nice. I should play with those. Can I help you? She's trying to poke me in the butt. Anyways, so... uh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, so that's you don't like pain right when you cast, but you don't mind a little pain when you get uh, butt fingered. All right, yeah, a little bit, but it's only on stairs, which our house has the steepest <laughs> fucking stairs <laughs> in the history of everything. Visual gag. Visual gag. And actual uh, just, audio gag, just too. Bells, uh, uh, just slowly popping it behind the chair. <laughs> All that is going to come through on the audio is just, why did Kyle start choking for some reason? Indeed. Yeah, it turns out Bells is Vader. You claim that title. So, Kyle, what's something you're looking forward to at E3? Uh, realistically, not a whole lot. Um... E3 to me has always just been kind of a, uh, I know that was like the hipster answer, but. Um, oh, no, trust me. I have the, uh, I have more than one answer to this. So I have the bigger hip, hipster answer coming up. Uh, I have three things that I put in my notes. I was into it before. It was cool. Um, so the only thing I'm really looking forward to is twofold. Number one, it's all has to do with the switch. Cause that's really the only system I have. And I think you can actually see it back there. Yeah, you can just barely see it. Yeah, that's on our TV. So, um, the only two <laughs> things I'm looking forward to are Dark Souls the fucking Dark Souls Remastered. They fucked me on this. It should have been out three days ago. And I'm not pissed about that. No. And they're like, Much. We're, we're, <laughs> we're going to release the Solar of a store uh, 
Amiibo, this day, everybody. Shut up. Unless you get us into a fucking Mario Kart franchise, I don't give two shits about the Solar statue. Goddamn straight, I'm going to buy it because I want it on my fucking desk. I have feelings about this. I have feelings. It's okay. But seriously, god damn it. What the uh, are shit? you going to have to give Jared some Steam trading cards after all this? No, I already own Steam trading cards. <laughs> it's okay, Kyle. It's okay. <laughs> okay, but no, what I'm, what I'm hoping for is we. Mwah. Mwah. <laughs> what I'm hoping for is we get a solid release date on this. But number two, um, I'm interested to hear if they're going to be releasing um, a Smash Bros. game uh, this year for the Switch because uh, the main thing that our Switch is used for is like we'll have people over, get fucking hammered, and then play like Mario Kart or something. Overcooked is less handy. Overcooked you can't be drunk for. Because <laughs> uh, that's, uh, that's, um, that's all the loveliness of floor food. I'm expecting a Switch release for Smash Brothers this year. It would, it would be weird if it I, came yeah, out. Yeah, the next. problem is that are they going to announce that at E3? Because Nintendo's always had a very small presence. It's more you know, a, well, of a community thing whenever Nintendo eventually does their thing at the end of everything, which this year it's the very last conference uh, on yeah. our actual recording day of the E3 Spectacular. It's been the very last conference for the last several years. Their stage show is always really small, but their Nintendo Treehouse thing that they do is pretty big, and that runs for yeah, but it's usually, several days at the show. Yeah, but it's usually very in-depth on just a handful of games. Almost yeah. Let's Play-ish for uh, some parts of it. I, I would assume that we're going to get a remaster or like a re-release of the last Smash Brothers game for Switch, kind of like what they did with Hyrule Warriors. Add in like all of the DLC content or most of it, and then just re-release it because that's what they did with Hyrule Warriors and with Mario Kart and with Splatoon. So the thing I will say is the Mario Kart Eight Deluxe, fucking fantastic. I mean, there's still some stuff to unlock, so there is some progression with it. But you're not going to be like, oh, I want to be fucking Link or whatever because that's all unlocked at the beginning. So you're not going to be fighting over characters, and then everybody's on equal footing as far as cars go. At least with that attitude. Yep. I haven't actually sat down and played a Mario Kart game in ages. Maybe I should Mario- do that. Mario Kart 8's pretty good. I've got it for the Wii U. That's it and Smash Bros. and Monster Hunter are the only th- three things that Wii U gets used for around here. And we've had it for like three years now. And that those are literally the only games that has ever been played on it. We don't ever use uh, that uh, fucking Well, thing. you mean total, right? Not just you. Yeah. I think you mean just Wii U. Hello. Well, I am looking forward to hopefully seeing something about MechWarrior 5 Mercenaries. They have, at E3 last year, they had a, a thing. They did like a little conference, or not a little conference, but like a, a presentation on one of the stages. And then we heard something about it at MechCon in December. And then they've been pretty quiet about it, so hopefully we'll see something on the stage. But, I mean, this year is, we jokingly called it the year of the mech, but it is, for me, the year of the mech. I've, oh, I can't wait to talk about Battletech tomorrow night. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think you may hate me for some of my opinions on Battletech. Oh, shit, I gotta submit that audio order real quick. Hold on, guy. Let me just... Hey, guys, uh, it's Kyle coming at you about uh, the VGL uh, Game of the Week, Battletech is a game. 
All right, keep it classy, you guys. Uh, good audio letter. Hope you guys are having a good night. Thanks for listening. Yep. Thanks. No All right, so are we going to uh, cut that down and put that in the actual show? <laughs> I think that would take too much I work. I don't know. Maybe, but that is some effort. I would have to put in effort for that. Uh, it's at about no. the 35-minute mark if you want to try and grab it. Thanks. Uh, 32, um, 34. I mean, I don't think I'll dislike you. I don't. I have some a few negative things against the game, but uh, I love it a lot. So, I mean, I've never, never once have been, if you've been like, I think you're going to be mad or hate some of the things I have to say. Well, let's just and put it this way. Like, you've gone absolutely stupid with this game. So you have over double the hours I've uh, played and I've thought I've put a lot in. Yeah. Today I pushed it over 200 hours. I'm trying to 100% this game before any any expansion or DLC content comes out. I don't think I'll get the multiplayer achievements, but I might be able to get everything else. Yeah, we weren't able to do any of that because the one week that we uh, were available to do that, well, uh, the servers were down. Yeah. That's okay. Eh, I mean, uh, you would have probably beat my ass anyway, so... Multiplayer is a very different animal than single player. It's multiplayer is a lot more like the tabletop because there's two intelligent people playing instead of the AI, which has some pretty does some pretty stupid things, and you can play around it. But uh, back to what we're looking forward to E3. Indeed. So yeah, MechWarrior Five Mercenaries. Just something more about that. I'd love a confirmed release date for this year. <laughs> Because it's Q4 2018, so it might start yeah. 2019. Yeah, I may see some of uh, some uh, possible release trailer, but most likely not. Mostly, I'd just like to see a campaign trailer because all they've released so far is sort of the side missions and the skirmish and, and a little stuff. bit of uh, gameplay from a developer playing not exactly greatly, <laughs> not very well, and yeah. so and someone who sounds like Nathan Fillion, but unfortunately, I confirmed it's not Nathan Fillion. It's just a guy who sounds a lot like Nathan Fillion. Oh, the poor man's Nathan Fillion. Yeah. Nathan Drake? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Rage, you said you had more things. Uh, so. Yeah. Uh, well, since we're on particular games, uh, this is probably not one I'm going to pick up right away, but this is more of the train wreck, and I want to see where it goes. Final Fantasy VII, finding out what the fuck is going on with that. Because it's, rumor- what, two oh. years behind now? Yeah, I heard a rumor that they scrapped the whole thing and started over because the third-party dev that was working on it, uh, Square Enix, didn't like their work. And yeah, so which they started over. sounds about which, right for Square. Which, considering it's a, a, a piss-poor port or update for Square Enix's uh, standards, says a lot. So it's... So it's more just, yo, what the hell are they doing with this and the whole episodic thing and how they're actually going to break it up if they're going to do it on the natural breaks they had in between the discs when they originally built the game? Because if they do it like that, that's still very, very, very big episodes. I mean, that's the thing, is that each one of those discs, assuming that you're essentially just powered through, is still 20-some hours before you even uh, take in any grinding. So, for an episodic game that's rather large, I would expect them to probably split each disc into two, so you have six episodes. Because if I recall correctly, it was three discs, I think. 
It's been many I don't years. If it was three discs or four discs? I, I, I want to say it was at least four. three. I thought it was three, but I could be wrong there. Like I said, it's been many, or about to say, it's been many years since I played Final Fantasy VII. Well, ultimately, I mean, the question that it's going to come down to is um, investment, because I get that Final Fantasy VII is basically the penultimate Final Fantasy, but you're asking a generation of kids to play essentially a remaster, and the people who've already played it are going to be so invested that the episodic part isn't going to matter. It's just going to be a drip feed marketing type thing. Yeah, well, here's the thing is that I think the Final Fantasy VII Remaster is going to do well eventually, assuming that they, you know, don't drop the ball, then kick it when they're trying to pick it up and it just dribbles down the court. Uh, not because of the reason that they are expecting to sell it to the fans. It's the people that have always heard about Final Fantasy, but when they go back to play it, it's abysmal because we're talking the very beginning of 3D graphics. So, you know, everyone looks very, very basic. And with the modern gamer being so caught up on graphics and graphical fidelity, I mean, I, I mean, I, I can't say I'm not uh, immune to this. It's tough for me to go back to some of the N64 PlayStation 1 era because it's fucking abysmal. But I think the general gamer is even more so off put by <laughs> I'm just watching Kyle put stickers on his forehead. It's actually oh, bottle caps. Yeah. <laughs> right, and I agree with you, and ultimately there's a disconnect because you're always going to make mistakes when you're on the cutting edge. Uh because, you know, it is the cutting edge. Now I think that Final Fantasy VII did well for what it was trying to do at the time that it was trying to do it. But with the kids these days, sparking hey, kids. No, with the kids, <laughs> with the kids these days, um, you have to understand that even if you do like a mild graphical upgrade above what was uh, original, I mean they've done teasers sentence. and uh, you know just tech demos using Final Fantasy VII and the opening cutscene on the train and jumping off of it mm-hmm. several times. So. I think there's a certain expectation of the level of graphics we're supposed to see with this, but they're also talking about doing some major, major changes, uh, uh, definitely to the uh, just the battle engine itself and making it more like a modern Final Fantasy, which I'm not sure would work. I would like to see Final Fantasy VII dropped into the Final Fantasy XV engine and graphic style. Or graphic quality, however you want to say it. I think that would be great. But yeah, but does do Final that, Fantasy VII have, to... have that much food? <laughs> <laughs> if they do that, though, I mean, they're going to have to rebuild the game from the ground up. Like, there's going to be no way to recycle or reuse or up-res or anything. Because they're going to... I mean, that game is designed for a modern 3D, third-person action RPG. So. Yeah, and Final Fantasy well, seven through nine was built around rendered 3D model of the character against a pre-rendered background. Yeah. 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 And I mean, for the most part, that was clever because it was a way to save space. I mean, the game save space and also make the game look a a whole lot better. I mean, uh, I mean, I would be okay if they did that now and did the whole restylizing of it, make it a little bit more cartoony, I think would work. Absolutely. Uh, They did that with, I think final fantasy three when they, Ported it to mobile devices. Yeah, in Final Fantasy 15, really well. actually. Yeah, 
yeah, that then that worked really well. But the question is, are they going to try and reinvent the wheel, which they might? It's, it's Square it's Enix, Final of Fantasy Seven. Well, yeah. look, well, just look what they did to Chrono Trigger. Right, when it came out on PC recently, they completely it was, dropped the ball. Yeah, it was the mobile port, right? It was the mobile port, and uh, a lot of the UI was built around touchscreen interface. And they had just some horrendous artifacting because they were expecting a very small screen, so you could hide a lot of the graphical blah whenever they just uh, kind of blur and uppress the textures. And for a small screen, that works because, you know, you're not getting the detail. Maybe a tablet, you're starting to get some problems. But, you know, putting it across a 23, 27-inch monitor, all the seams start to become very apparent. Right. And ultimately, I think what it comes down to is how much love and care are they going to put into this? Because ultimately, Final Fantasy VII, the remaster is going to make all the money because it is the most well-known of the Final Fantasy games, even among the people who don't really play Final Fantasy. Is that the one with Sephiroth? Yeah, that's the one with Sephiroth. Okay. <laughs> exactly. Future, uh, future misses my last name, everybody. Anyways, so... Case in point. Case in point. Like the only one I know. Yeah, okay. Come here, come here, come here, come here. It's monkey, my cow! Your cow is a digital cow! You can fucking milk it later! Alright, say what you just said. That's the one with Sephiroth, right? That's the only one I know. That's the only Final Fantasy I know. Right, so it's the only Final Fantasy she knows. She doesn't have a working knowledge of it outside of that. Uh, and if that's just because it's... Uh, Unless you're talking about that movie, Something Within. <laughs> Spirits Within. No, that's fucking horrible. Spirit. Don't worry yeah. about it. I know. One of my friends... Spirits Within would have been, been a lot better Final movie Fantasy. if they didn't call it Final Fantasy. That's my opinion. Spirits because Within would have been a lot better if they'd gone live action. Uh, true, because uh, there's actual several scenes where it is yeah, very uncanny valley, but then there's other scenes where oh, it's okay. fucking impressive. Right, and so my point being, like, this game is already going to make all the money, so they can experiment, but I think what they're going to do is they're going to go back and try to do uh, the general Square Enix uh, path of trying to make a game better, which is increasing your graphical fidelity to the point where you're ignoring a lot of other things that made Final Fantasy great. Are, are you saying we need to make Final Fantasy great again? <laughs> God, I'm trying to remember how to fucking say that. Uh, go on, I'm, I'm going to type some stuff. Uh, you, your second thing, or where did you have more to say about Final Fantasy? Uh, it's like I said, it's more just finding out what they're doing with it because this has been an ongoing project and something fans have requested for years and years and years and years, probably since the. Yeah, you know, like the PlayStation 2 having a, some sort of remake of Final Fantasy. Yeah. Or Final Fantasy 7, I should say. Especially once they had the graphical jump. Even from Final Fantasy 7 to Final Fantasy 8, there was a, just a huge graphical jump. But, you know, going from 9 to 10, when they went from PlayStation 1 to PlayStation 2, there was already the start of the outcry to get some sort of remaster because, you know, it's the fan favorite. Not necessarily, I think it's the best one. Personally, I prefer Final Fantasy Nine, but yeah, that's just me. Yeah. But it's more just, yeah, you know, curiosity of what they're doing with this fucking thing. Information would be nice. 
So, Kyle, did you have another thing before I talk about my second thing? Uh, sure. Sidlate America per Oh my god, I'm drunk. Per Krasnoy. Make America great again. Yeah, my Russian should be on point. I'm fucking drinking vodka right now. Okay. Um. All joking. What? No, your Russia should be slurred uh, because you're not drunk enough. Sidlate America per Krasnoy. Grant me your pretzel. That's kind of a bit. That's <laughs> that sounds better. Uh, yeah, I don't, my don't know what you're saying. Uh, you know, Kyle, you're starting to sound like the Russian in Armageddon right now. <laughs> oh god! I'm big. Oh god! How, what was his name? I know it's Peter Stormar, but it was like Lev and Dropoff or something. Like all that. made in Taiwan. <laughs> American space components, Russian space components, all made in Taiwan. <laughs> that, that's the well, Fucking that and the soundtrack movie. are the best parts of that uh, absolute train wreck of a movie. It's fun. I like that movie a lot. It's it's dumb. As well, shit. well, the problem it's is that off, yeah, yeah. The problem is as soon as you have any working knowledge of space or science, there's so many problems with that movie. <laughs> Yeah, why were they pulling an 11G maneuver behind the moon when they were already basically on FRT? Better yet, why did they spin the mirror before Doc? Yeah, that, and also, god damn it, alright, we're on a tangent. Um, so, the <laughs> space shuttles pulled up sideways, so like you're getting out of a car door to the mirror. That would make the gravity to the outside of the space shuttle on the opposite yeah. side that the door is. Now... I'm not going to question the physics of that movie because it was a vehicle for explosions and Bruce Willis and Owen Wilson. And, and fires in space. Killed. Spoilers. Spoilers about Owen Wilson. Um, <laughs> for a movie Spoilers that came out what, like 20 fucking years ago. Yeah. But, um, no, I mean, it's a fun movie to turn your brain off. And it's really weird that Steven Tyler was basically writing the song that in the movie uh, his daughter would be losing her virginity to. Oh my god, that movie did come out 20, 20 years, years ago. ago. I wasn't <laughs> Almost you. exactly 20 years ago. I wasn't fucking ago. with you. I am well aware of this. Jared, welcome to my world, feeling old. I know, that's that's been happening more and more Your hair's thinning, to me. movies come out later, you're like, oh shit, my kid's getting older. Yeah, my kid's gonna be, gonna be five this coming year. He's gonna be going to school school. Not just daycare or preschool. He's going to be in real fucking school next year. Real fucking school. Real fucking school. <laughs> you hear that, buddy? When you listen to this, like, 10 or 15 when years from now. you listen to this in, like, five minutes, I don't fucking worry about it. You're going to real fucking school. Wink. And feel very embarrassed about his dad. Yeah, that's okay. Well, it, it, that's not true. <laughs> All kids are embarrassed of their dads from a certain I'd rather him be embarrassed by me than hate me. Long story. Fair enough. No time. Fair enough. But the point is, Armageddon, stupid movie, dumb premise, just a great movie to watch when you don't want to think about shit. And an amazing test for NASA, to, for their engineers. Put all in the movie and... Okay, how many problems can you find in this movie? Go. I haven't seen it in at least 10 years, which means that I had, the last time I saw it, I had no real working knowledge of space and things. So I hadn't played Kerbal Space Program yet, so I should go back and watch it and see how many, <laughs> how much bullshit's in that movie. A lot. 
Well, uh, it is an actual test uh, for NASA. They use <laughs> Armageddon as some sort of test for uh, various engineers. <laughs> Fair enough. The thing that always boggled my brain about that. Or at least they used to. Was, so they had basically Von Braun style shuttles for those of you in the audience who don't know what the hell I'm talking about. The American Space Russian. Shuttle uh, was built on the idea that you had two solid rocket boosters, which once they went off, you had to ride that shit out because there was no way to turn them off. But then that big orange thing on the belly of the space shuttle, uh, that was a fuel tank, and the main engines on the back of the shuttle pulled from that fuel tank, and once they got into orbit, they switched to orbital propulsion. Now, the thing that always blew my fucking mind about that movie was they ditch the uh, tank when they get to orbit, as they should have. But then they refuel at the uh, at the international not international. They refuel at the Mirror Space Station, and the space shuttle's tanks are not big enough to get the Delta V required to go to the moon unless the X shit X seven X eleven fucking rockets. Like like I'm being faithful to anything here. It's like. Oh shit, those people Poor who listen Mel's. to your podcast are like super into Armageddon are going to fucking go for my head. Um, <laughs> yeah, just Neil deGrasse Tyson because he clearly fucking listens to this. Um, oh. but the fa- oh. What's up, well, Neil? Neil deGrasse Tyson uh, sent hate letters to James Cameron because the stars in Titanic was wrong. I don't think it was a hate letter. I think he was just pointing it out. Yeah, to be fair, it's a little hard to tell with uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson at times. He's a little snarky. Sure, but I mean, he's he's fun, Carl Sagan. That's who he is. Yeah, I've just uh, stopped listening to his podcast because he had so many fucking reruns. So he or at least free uh, comics model. Yeah, pretty much. It seemed like every time it was a bank show, I would start listening. It's like oh, I've already heard this. Uh, uh-huh. Granted, this was ages ago, so you know, maybe you know he was off of filming, uh, uh, you know, something. And- but Cosmos was pretty still, good. Still, it was a, you know, Cosmos. I was blanking on the name of the show for moments. So, it, it was just a little annoying every time I'd pull down an episode. It's one I'd already listened to. Yeah. Well, my, my point being, like, I don't know what the Delta V capacity of those ships are, but with, like, all of the moving around space that they had inside of them, I don't think there was that much room for fuel. The no, uh, all the astronauts have very deep pockets, and they carry the fuel with them. That's some coffee horse logic right there. Which is when <laughs> in Stardew Valley, you drink a coffee, get on a horse, suddenly you have coffee horse. <laughs> but yeah, so E3. Indeed, E3. So speaking of KSP... You were, you were going to start talking about your other thing, and then we start talking about Armageddon instead. So, did you have another thing, or were you just, like, wanting to say your Russian whatevers? Oh, shit, yeah, I did start that topic. <laughs> you, you were like, oh, yeah, my other thing, but first, but first Russian yeah, words. Make America Great Again Armageddon. That's not Make America Great Again. This is going to be, like, two or three <laughs> bank shows at this rate. Woo! Yeah, we're only at what, like, an hour? I, eventually, I'm going to have to go to bed, because I have to get up at six in the morning for work. Hey! I'm going to get him to 6.30. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Simple, Jared goes to bed. We continue talking. Fair enough. Send, uh, send him like a... minutes before Kyle mm-hmm. goes to bed. I send him like a, a three-hour... Uh, as long as I continue to have more bottles put in front of me, I'll be fine. <laughs> so... Stop texting me. Stop texting me. You want me to just yell at you? Anyways, so as far as E3 goes, I've always seen it as... 
at least the later E3s that we've been getting have been basically console manufacturing pissing contests, which, duh. But at the same time, it's where the developers are saying, okay, here's the market trends that we have, and here's the best way that we can figure out how to follow them. And then you don't get things that are really necessarily innovative out of E3. For example, I'm more excited about the universe sim, provided that, you know, it doesn't crash and burn like Spore, but I have a good feeling about this one. Famous last words. And I guarantee you it's not going to get any coverage at E3. But at the same time, uh, things like Call of Duty, Battlefield Five. Uh, the games that I'm really not interested in picking up, except for the two that I have. So in other words, this is E3 for you. Yeah, PC Masteries. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. I'm really looking forward to the Microsoft conference this year. That was one of my other things, because they've got a two-hour slot, and I'm just going, I wonder what they're going to do with, like, two full hours. So the Microsoft conference has typically been, like, I imagine at least minutes. Yeah, I imagine probably about half an hour of that's just going to be apologizing for Sea of Thieves. <laughs> Possibly. Although they've kind of doubled down on that bullshit. I was in um, I was in the local Myers the other day. Uh, I was in the local, yeah, I, like, box store the other day, and on the Chips Ahoy rack, there was, like, you're going to get one of four unlockables in Sea of Thieves. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, they're, uh, they're CFDs, releasing... I think it's going to be another uh, No Man's Sky where it uh, releases in a fucking abysmal state and you know, in about a year or two years it's actually going to be a decent game and then they're going to release the next one <laughs> that, yeah, that's the problem with about releasing... yeah, that's the problem with uh, games as a service model is that they're you know, kind of encouraged to release in just a half-assed almost beta state i would say more alpha state at this point and just patch it and eventually they get the sales uh, you know, because all of the games media talk about oh well see thieves you're going to be able to give uh, your uh, crewmates bananas and no i'm not well, joking that's an actual article i saw several times by the way they're releasing a campaign for it as one of the first expansions but I haven't heard about, like, the specifics of, of it. And there's talk about them doing some single-player content in, like, a year. Well, yeah, but... It, which, for me, is too little too late, but... Well, yeah, but as far as that goes, apparently Melanie's in-game husband told her that she smells like honeycomb drifting on a pool of spiced tea. She requested that I share that immediately. <laughs> Go on, Jared. Sorry. Nice. Hold on one second. No, woman. no, yeah, but unfortunately, you meant the cereal. Jesus, fuck, woman! You think I'm gonna crack this on my desk instead of cracking <laughs> fucking half, eh? <laughs> Sorry, Jared, you were saying. I want her to come over here and smack. Oh, me she right will in smack face. me in the back of the head. <clears throat> oh, hey, this thing. Oh no, um, but yeah, for me, that that stuff is too little, too late for Sea of Thieves specifically. But I just want to know what they're gonna do. There was that announcement or that rumor or whatever that Sony came out and was like, no, it's not going to happen about the PS5. And Sony's saying that the PS5 is at least three years away. So I'm like, I'm wondering if like this response from Xbox is going to be like them announcing something like new hardware, but they just had the Scorpio slash Xbox one X. I'm still Scorpio's waiting still for the Sagittarius, name. but they, you know, they just had that come out. So I wonder, like, I'm just wondering like, what is this extra 30 minutes for? So I'm, Fingers crossed it'll be something interesting and fun because I am still in the the Xbox ecosystem. I have an Xbox One that occasionally gets used to play games. But usually so, Netflix. 
usually Netflix or Amazon Prime streaming or Hulu. Yeah, which, by the way, or, the Tick series is actually very good. Yeah, I haven't... Have they released, like, the second part uh, of the this, first season? Uh, or the, the first season's complete. Season or uh, the, uh, okay. the second season's not going to be until next year. Okay. So uh, I've, I, I I've was seen poking the first six saw, episodes. Yeah, I was poking around and saw the Tick and thought, oh, that's right. Uh, Amazon Prime did the Tick. And it's actually very good. Very cheesy, yeah, yeah. but... Yeah, it works for the tape. That's one of the reasons but why it's the, so good. Yeah, yeah. This, cheesy as fuck. No, no, no. I'm talking yes. about special effects are, are a bit cheesy. And, and yeah, you know, there's the product placement. Uh, to, uh yeah, <laughs> the uh, the echo every so often. Yeah. And the uh, the Amazon phone. Did you see that? Oh yeah, the Amazon phone in one of the episodes, which I thought that was dead. <laughs> Although maybe when they filmed it, it was still yeah. a thing. But anyways, yeah, so that's my my number two thing that I'm looking forward to, D3, just actually being curious about whatever's going to go down at the Microsoft conference, and fingers crossed that it's something interesting. Uh, and I guess it's my turn again? Yeah, how many things did you have? Cause I, I, I had, had five overall, uh, with uh, okay. two things that I'm not looking forward to. Okay. Uh, and this one's kind of a, you know, so-so. Uh, Ubisoft's uh, kind of just strangeness where they do odd things because they're not afraid to throw out you know, oddities out there. And, you know, the probably the gayest moment of E3 is whenever they do yes. their dance, uh, you know, uh, just dance uh, uh, presentation every year. The best moment uh, and, of, ever, of E3 ever. And also being slightly confused about Devolver Digital because they're going to do it again this year and... I think last year I hated a lot more because, for one, they were saying pretty much everything I was already saying in my head. But also, yeah. they were over the top, but also really wasn't expecting it. Because I didn't yeah. know what to yeah, make of Devolver Digital doing it. Going into it this year, being prepped a bit, you know, having the pump prompt, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. Uh, then I think it's going to be a bit better for me, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah. So, yeah, you know, maybe it'll, I'll be able to appreciate it a bit more. But I'm I'm really expecting them to just harp on battle royale for like ten or fifteen minutes. Well, the only yeah, I I got what they did. Like I understood what they did last year, but I didn't like it. I didn't think it was funny. Like, I, I just thought it was a bit much. Like, maybe yeah. I'm too old for that. But who knows if, you know, if that's what they do again and they pick some topics that are better or I like their presentation better this year. I mean, I could find it funny. Like, I could see how people would have found last year's funny. I just, I didn't. But you never know. What were you going to say, Kyle? I don't like Ubisoft very much. Um, well, but no, it's, no, it's more uh, their conference than anything I know, else. I know, not, I know, their, I know. not their products. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling this back. I am pulling this back. I promise. And I'm also going to pause. No, I was defending myself there. <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> Because trust me, I don't have much love uh, left for Ubisoft just in general. But, uh, you know, they do have their indie side of things, which I enjoy a lot more than their AAA side. Yeah. And I'm just prefacing my what's about to come out of my mouth with I don't like them very much. Oh boy. Um, the only thing that could possibly pique my interest at all, and given their handling of the last game in the series, I don't think I don't think I'd be going back unless I heard some really good things about it. A um, bit of history. 
I don't like Ubisoft, not because of the Uplay bullshit, not because of X, Y, or Z, or the fact that they make the same fucking sandbox game every single year. I hate them because they killed the Silent Hunter franchise with Silent Hunter 5. And that effectively killed the submarine simulations on uh, Zomra! It's like a genre, but with zombies. Fucking, I don't know. Killed the uh, submarine simulation genre of games. No, that's what uh, that's what the next uh, sub-game is going to be from them. Uh, fighting zombies. Yeah, fucking Swimming. Battle Royale submarines. You gotta weld your submarine together yeah. as you're swimming through the you ocean know, to kill zombies. A Battle Royale uh, sub-sim could like work. I, I might need to throw <laughs> yeah. together something. Yeah, yeah PvP yeah. Uh, open waters have to hunt and kill uh, other subs and it has the general battle royale mechanic of the slowly shrinking map. Yeah, that's where the zombies come in, and you know the zombies are slowly taking your area of ocean. You know down the entire down. battle royale thing could work a lot better for certain uh, subgenres. Uh, if you pardon the turn of phrase there. Oh, I pardon it. I pardon it. But uh, you know, I think the you know the first person and third person shooter is probably the most boring genre that they can put it in. If they put it in like a Mad Max sort of genre, I would be. Down like gangbusters, like Hell, make a uh, the latest cars rolling. The, the latest Mad Max uh, with a battle royale mechanic would work really well. That's what I'm saying, right? Or, uh, well, uh, Crossout actually has a battle royale mode, but it's clunky as hell. Uh, Robocraft uh, did a battle royale. They tried to sell it for 15 bucks. Nobody fucking bought it. They had to go free to play in under a. Uh, is that what you think about Robocraft? No, I think that's what it, about 15 bucks for Robocraft Battle Royale. Uh, then they went to free-to-play in under a, under a day, and then they actually pulled it from the Steam store, and I'm not sure if they're uh, going to try it again. They've said they're going to, but, I mean, obviously... Well, I hadn't, for sure. I hadn't looked into it much, but, yeah, Battle Royale just feels like such a trap just in general. But, you know, it could work a lot better for a certain small genres as a flavor. You know what I would... An air combat battle royale might be interesting. Ooh. Like an ace combat style. Ooh. War Thunder uh, combat. With, started. Uh, and, like the, yeah. and like the eye of a hurricane or something. So if you go beyond the wall, you know, you uh, start hitting really bad turbulence and eventually your craft just falls out of the sky. Let me pull out my old C-sharp book. I might need to start programming. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. And, and think we're not even at pitch the game. Here's here's one that I would love to see just because I want to see how they put it together. A Harvest Moon Stardew Valley style battle royale. Like, who can grow the best crop in X amount of minutes? Uh, and have it where you could be sabotaged. Right, and then like you could go for like the chicken run and have your chickens try to escape a pie fat. I mean, no, that's the movie Chicken Run. You could go for a chicken <laughs> run where you try to make the best chicken. And I don't know. Make it even more... Uh... Applicable. Grow weed as your crop. Ah! <laughs> okay, for those of you who couldn't hear, it was make it more topical. Grow marijuana as your crop. Uh, I remember that uh, mission in uh, GTA San Andreas, and then you had to burn all the weed, and the camera started going wacky. I remember that from Far Cry Three because I got stuck on that mission because that mission drops enemies in like a fucking bastard. Which brings us back to Ubisoft. They used that idea in Far Cry 5, too. Did they know? Uh, of course they did. It's a Far Cry game. Uh, Far Cry is all about recycling oh, ideas. Did they know? 
I'm sorely tempted to take that offer. <laughs> I didn't know Far Cry had Scots in it. Yeah, it's got David Jones <laughs> in it. Just purely visual gag, folks. Purely visual gag. Uh, think uh, Davy Jones uh, Zoidberg. <laughs> All right, hold up. Which, uh, which, speaking of which, uh, uh, do you listen to the Gilbert Godfrey uh, podcast? No, no, I do not. Oh, well, that was bad, Godfrey. Uh, and they had Billy West on uh, uh, recently. <laughs> and uh, Billy West is just crazy. I mean, crazier than you. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, I sound like different spirits. <sighs> okay, <clears throat> but no. My point being with all of that is, um, th- I don't. I'm not a big fan of Ubisoft. The only thing that could save their presentation for me is a return to form sort of uh, Silent Hunter game. I think they peaked with Silent Hunter Three. Silent Hunter Four, I never really could get into for one stupid reason. It was the conversion from the metric system to the empirical system. So it's like. Periscope depth down to seventy five. Like fuck, seventy five. We got a fucking surface, and I was like, "No, it's seventy five feet, dude. Seventy five feet." Didn't she do work with the Navy? I did, yes, but you know, I played a lot more Silent Hunter before I did that. So, with I did work with the Navy in my freshman and sophomore year of college when I was in the physics program, which is part of how I got this hat. Not really. I mean, I got the hat because the Navy's fucking boss, and I donated some money to the uh, VA. So fancy. I like my hat. So the only other thing that I've got on my list for looking forward to at E3 is the actual Square Enix conference, which they're doing this year. It's a smaller conference, but they're supposedly or they're supposed to be doing one. So that'll be fun. Yeah, we'll have to. Yep. I imagine a good chunk of that's probably going to be Final Fantasy. Final Fantasy or Kingdom Hearts 3. Yeah, uh, right, Kingdom Hearts. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 I, is going to be all over the show. Yeah, I keep year. forgetting about Kingdom Hearts just because I I played the first one for the most part, but I never got through it. Yeah. Uh, yeah I, I have the first two, actually, on disc around here somewhere. And... Uh, I just was never able to get through them. So, you know, the third one, uh, just, uh, I'm too far behind. And that's not to say, you know, oh, you're only two games. No, it's actually a fuck ton more across a bunch of different yeah. systems. Yeah, there's something like nine or ten games, maybe more, because they had... Yeah, and they're all sort of an interlinked overall story, aren't they? Yeah. Kingdom Hearts. I mean, it's game. I mean, it's worse, or it's almost as bad as the Marvel universe for movies. Did you just send in chat? Oh, emulators. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure it's if not that's an that option though, for there's... all of them. Yeah, because there was one that was on the 3DS only. There's a mobile game, so you can emulate the ones that were on PS2. I don't know if you can. I don't know if there are PSP emulators. But there was some on the PSP. There was some on the PS Vita. Alright. Here's the list of Kingdom Hearts games in order. <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Kingdom Hearts 2. Kingdom Hearts Coded. Kingdom Hearts Mobile. Kingdom Hearts 358 over 2 days. Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. 
Kingdom Hearts 3D Dream Drop Distance, Kingdom Hearts HD 1.5 Remix, Kingdom Hearts X, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.5 Remix, Kingdom Hearts HD 2.8 Final Chapter Prologue, Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, Did they borrow somebody from Microsoft to number all these fucking things? I heard you wanted to play Kingdom Hearts. Please specify which one. Shall we play a game? (laughs) Shall we play a game? Yeah, unfortunately, Trump is wanting to play Global Thermonuclear War. Fuck that noise. I have opinions about that. (laughs) I've heard that Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 and Birth by Sleep are the only three that you have to play to understand everything. But I'm still like... I mean, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 are both like 100-hour games easy. Yeah. And then... And that's not even doing some of the annoying shit in them. Like Finding Sephiroth. You're coming all the way back around to Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. So. But let's see. Yeah. Cell phone. Kingdom Hearts Mobile. Cell phone. That's an old mobile game. And they've got one that's a newer mobile game. So. Yeah. I don't know if you can emulate all of them. But you could at least emulate one and two. Because they were both on PlayStation 2. Oh. Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. Game Boy Advance only. Well, I mean, so yeah, I, I get why they're going cross-platform with all of this, but if they're telling a continuous story, I feel like a multi, uh, multi-platform multi release would probably have been a better option. They will probably do... Uh, I would imagine uh, contracts and a lot of kickbacks. Right. I'm not saying I don't understand why they did it from a financial perspective. I'm saying from a gamer-friendliness perspective, which the fuck is that? Uh, the- uh, this is the gaming industry. Uh, uh, the gamers are just walking a wallet, aren't they? Whales. I'd imagine that they do one of the whole the story thus far type of things and cram as much of it as they can into like a 10 minute cutscene overview thing. Or they go the comic corral and uh, during the cutscene it uh, is uh, see this game, see this game, see this game. All right. So I'm thinking like an opening text scroll. But I've clearly had way the fuck too much to drink. I cannot remember the opening text crawl uh, theme for like Star Wars. What's coming to mind? Shh, what's coming to mind is the like Hyrule theme from uh, Smash Bros. N sixty four. Da 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 Actually, you're going you kind know- of into Indiana Jones almost. I think. I mean, that would work. Oh, that shit. would work for a text crawl. We uh, we should probably stop so that we're not shut down by Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Nintendo. Fuck you. Yeah, our Goomba shows up and uh, audio only, Kyle. I know. Welcome to the podcast. It's audio only. I can make as many visual jokes as I want. I mean, take a look. Yeah, and please, pull up your pants. (laughs) 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 Oh, God. Oh, this is going downhill quick, and I love it. Yeah, and I think we're only at the hour uh, 10 mark. Hour 15, according to my monitor. We haven't even cleared the first topic. (laughs) Yeah, thankfully, a few of these are a lot shorter. Yeah. All right. Is there any more E3 talk? Uh, well, I had two other. I'm okay for okay. now. 
Um, but yeah, right. Uh, All right. What you got? Uh, what my you got, my other two are fairly uh, shorter. Uh, um, I have to say, usually what I'm most looking forward to are the projects I don't know about. These smaller, little, uh, uh, one-off, uh, you know, quick note about something, something that shows up on the game, a PC gaming show, that sort of thing. The, the games that I don't know anything about right now are the ones I'm most interested in, to be perfectly honest. Yes. I mean, I, we know a good chunk of the major projects from, uh, the uh, big three, four, but it's the small ones that get, uh, light that I'm more interested about, the ones I'm more excited about. And everybody's gone very quiet. No, no, no. We're listening. Well, what are you like? Yeah. Like when you say no, smaller no, projects, what like do you have? A, I'm a, talking about you know things. Uh, well, uh, I'm uh, probably going to trigger Kyle again, but yeah, whenever like Ubisoft talks about your smaller, uh, <laughs> screen cap that. <laughs> uh, really? uh, their smaller indie side of things. Uh, even EA when they talk about their indie games. Uh, whenever the PC gaming show has the double A and uh, indie okay, stuff, that sort of thing. Uh, that's why I'm more looking forward to than anything else. Okay. And I, maybe it's just me being a, you know the dirty hipster uh, PC gamer that I am these days, where I've lost interest in a lot of AAA content just because they've gone graphical fidelity over gameplay and uh, innovation in good taste a lot of times <laughs> well i wouldn't even say innovation i'd say immersiveness because you think about it the wii was super innovative and it brought a lot of casual people into the market who otherwise wouldn't have been in the market however it lost sight of the primary gaming demographic so you have to think that perhaps innovation isn't necessarily the thing that is going to draw in uh the people who well, i was talking three well, i was talking more about uh, you know uh, games feeling a lot more samey these days between, particularly since we were talking earlier about Call of Duty and Battlefield essentially swapping on their battle royales. Right. I'm, where they're kind of becoming essentially the same game only in a different theme instead of two sort of different flavors of, of first person shooter where one is a lot bigger scope and with vehicles and while the other one is a lot more of a twitch shooter, very uh, fast uh, uh, kill times, that sort of thing, and kill streaks and all that. Sorry, dude, you don't have that hair. See, I could do that, uh, Jared, but I, I don't have the webcam. <laughs> all joking Grant, aside, I, 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 I do agree with you. My point being, I, innovation is kind of, kind of one of those things where it's like people, you know, everybody makes their submarines out of metal. Why haven't we made one out of bread? Well, because bread gets all soggy when it gets wet. Correct. I feel well, like. Well, it's more just uh, look. Well, there was uh, videos comparing uh, the different crisis games that was going around not too long ago, where they were showing you know blowing down trees with guns and that sort of thing, and you don't really see that that much anymore. You know, you don't see destructible environments as much in the AAA side of things. That sort of thing. They're playing a lot safer because they have bigger markets. They have bigger budgets. Right. So they have to uh, focus more on the marketing of a more streamlined game. I would say homogenous. That makes any sense? Yeah. Well, well, I, I was trying to uh, yeah, be a little bit kinder. 
Yeah, I've passed that point of drunk. I'm not going to sugarcoat that much. And my other so thing... drinking water now? No. Uh, my other things, real quick. It's more of something I'm going to miss. It's the Snarkathon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, since we lost Total Biscuit last week. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, we're not going to get the E3 Snarkathon, which honestly, I think was the best part of E3. So, yeah, that's going to be very, uh, yeah, lacking in my opinion. Just, uh, someone calling out the bullshit. <laughs> Grand, uh, th- yeah, that does open up a place for us to call out the bullshit even more, but still, you know, he's a professional at it, or was. Yeah. And, I've always enjoyed E3 yeah. for the, uh, four, five years that I've covered it in one way or another. Cause I used to do the, the E3 write-ups when I was writing for Left Stick Down. And I did that two years, and then we've been podcasting for two years. So I guess four years. This will be five years that I've covered E3 in some way or another. I enjoy E3. Yeah, it's I, just, I, uh, I get, it's a lot of bullshit to, uh, to sort through. It is a lot of bullshit, but I like getting excited about stuff. Even if it's just for a little bit, and I know most of it's not going to come true. Or it's one of those little pleasures I enjoy in life. Or if we want to go into another topic, the trailers being full of bull shots and uh, graphical uh, graphics that we never see. Sure, we'll skip down to that one and might come back to the other one. Or who cares if we skip around or not? It's a bonus episode. Fuck you, list. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, I mean trailers in general. So I haven't seen it yet, but. Uh, the new Battlefield trailer? Cons- no, no, no. I'm going to use a movie as an example for this because it's the most recent thing in my mind. The uh, the new Han Solo movie. There have been like four or five trailers for that movie and only one of them made it look any good to me. But, you know, four different trailers presenting the movie in four different ways. like uh, to, Or re- designed around four different audiences, most likely. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, or I should I say... I don't know what kind of uh, movie this d- is going to be. Designed around four different test audiences yeah yeah so uh, the idea of this uh, topic is the power of the trailer more uh yeah making good games look bad and vice versa and i would say really the vice versa is a lot more poignant these days because games that get the major trailers the major marketing budgets uh will focus on trying to uh, and uh, Kyle, I think, is uh, spamming chat again. I'm not spamming uh, chat. I put two things in there. Uh, uh, the uh, I think the major one that always springs to mind, even though it's ancient right now, is the original Watchdogs and just the controversy around the graphical downgrades and just the general gameplay that was shown versus what we got. I agree. And the fact of the matter is, the excuse that gamers know that trailers have mm, doctored graphics in it is kind of... It's bullshit. Yeah, it's, it is bullshit, but at the same time, it's not 100% wrong. Yeah, but the thing is that the, using the term gamer is a very... Uh, well, a misnomer these days because gamer is a very broad topic. Yeah, you or could very just broad, uh, Yeah. A very broad subject, and it's like saying, "Well, you should know that, uh, you know that uh, bread has occasionally some screws in it because you're a a food eater." 
you know, it's saying that you should know better because you occasionally dip into a market is highly anti-consumer to me. Well, why do you want to be consumer? We're in a capitalist society. Uh, of course. The, something that's more difficult about video game trailers, too, and this is not necessarily a positive or a negative, but this is more prominent in PC gaming, but it's starting to become a thing in console gaming, is that you have different graphical fidelities for different targets you're trying to hit. So are you going for... A higher frame rate? Do you have a weaker machine so you're trying to adjust it to look one way or perform in another way? And trailers in general only encapsulate the at at best best? Sometimes ideally, even beyond they would only, ultra. Yeah, ideally they would capture just the best way that it could look but like you said before, particularly like the most prominent example being Ubisoft. Well, well that's the Watch Dogs. well that's the most kind of recent controversy. I mean, there's been others, of course, but uh, uh the other one was uh, which Aliens game? Alien Colonial Marine where uh, it was the yeah. vertical slice and the, <laughs> and the uh, vertical slice. Uh, I'm sorry, you were saying, Rage? Uh, uh, it was a vertical slice where the section that was actually in the trailer was custom designed for that trailer and never was part of the game to begin with. But, you know, we're gamers. We should know that trailers are bullshit. Ugh. Uh, it, it, yeah. it, it really pisses me off that uh, the industry... It, gamers to protect themselves especially whenever the journalist really should be more into calling out the industry bullshit instead of hey uh see a thieves is giving bananas now is that a journalist's job to call something out yes uh, to some extent yes okay uh, i mean i'm not i'm not like opposed i'm not like saying that you're wrong but you know most journalists typically like, just report on stuff. So, what it comes down to... Would that be more of a pundit's job to call stuff out? Yeah, but the or... problem is that there's not many gaming pundits out there. There's not, there's not many what you would call a gaming critic out there. There's gaming yeah. reviewers, which are a very different scope, in my opinion. Uh, yeah. Right, and to your point, Rage, the fact of the matter is games journalism, because it uh, came about in the... When I say came about, I mean, like, it's matured in the worldwide... 90s, uh, uh, new millennium uh, era. Right. So you have a bunch of multifaceted type uh, reporters, whereas in traditional media, a reporter might report on the story and just the facts, man. Here's X, Y, Z without any commentary, for example. And then there's a different breed of... Uh... A reporter that is more in-depth, the investigative reporter. Right. So the problem with uh, games journalism in this regard is that there's no clearly defined lines between people who are reporting what they're seeing, people who are commenting on what was reported, and people who are tasked with investigating uh, what the validity of what was reported is. Uh, essentially, a games journalist needs to uh, be able to do all three of those jobs, and all three of those are highly specialized skills. Yeah, and also part of the reason why a fair amount of games journalism is pretty much just regurgitating the press release for a good chunk of their articles. Not all of them, but uh, yeah, a fair amount of gaming articles are pretty much just information that you would have gotten out of the press release, or even the press release 
full hog. Right. And what that comes down to in my mind is one of two things. Either it's the path of least resistance where you have somebody saying, okay, well, let's pick a random horse. Uh, Hello Games has said X, Y, and Z about their game. So we're just going to report on that versus uh, having to hype it dig up. That's in, the thing. Versus having to dig in and find out the validity of these claims. But the other thing, too, is there's also, and I don't mean to sound like tinfoil hat Alex Jones over here, there are backroom deals. Well, not backroom deals. There's, yeah, gay frogs. Anyways, so... Um, are you going to try and sell me some nutraceuticals? And it sounds like the word nutrient fucked the word pharmaceutical. Anyways, so uh, <laughs> that's John Oliver thing. I didn't invent that. Uh, so the other side of the coin is perhaps somebody is getting some kickbacks. And I'm not talking about a particular uh, games journalist. I'm talking about the outlet, that, the outlet that they write for. And while that may not necessarily impact the way that uh, writer A does their business it does impact how editor B will do their business in order to present, uh, let's say, Hello Games in the best light possible, depending on their contracts with uh, whatever site that they're working for or whatever. Yeah, and the gaming industry is a lot closer with their journalist uh, journalist side uh, to the industry side than really any other medium because there's always some sort of disconnect. But in this, you uh, at least used to in the last couple of years it seemed to drop off but maybe it's just you know they're being more quiet about it seeing the press packs that they're shipped that has you know the uh, crate full of uh, various goodies and stuff but to me that just seems like a bribe yeah that still happens but it's I not think as it happens less often yeah it's not as prominent but yeah. uh, it just feels so scummy whenever you're shipping off a bunch of tact that, you know, uh, Ashton should be reviewing on his couch, but it's still, you know, in your mind that, okay, they sent me this, 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 even though it's you know, not even uh, thinking about it, it's a, you know, subconscious thing, uh, that little bit of influence uh, while you're uh, pinning your review, while you're, uh, uh, looking at various uh, news topics about uh, you know coming out and uh, doing your articles that sort of thing that really ties into the whole trailer thing where you know they won't take a deeper look they are just you know it's like oh well, this is good enough right and I would imagine that this would be Jared's line of expertise more so than mine but you know yeah i can see him lighting up that's like the unconscious bias is the dumbest way i can put that yeah jared do you have a thought about that well i mean it's that tends to be true for people i mean once you've well i don't know this for a fact but it seems to be that once you've been in the industry for a long time yeah but the thing is that the gaming industry uh, journalism has a huge turnover rate sorry yeah, but once you've been in the industry for a long time, that bias starts to go away as you get more used to it. You build up, you know, your psychological resistances to it. But, I mean, for the first few years that somebody writes and they get that stuff, they're either more inclined to be kind to it or be harsh on it. And most people tend to lean on the kind side. You're typically only really hard on something that you, like, love because you're driven to, like, 
prove like, no, I can be subjective, damn it. So I'm going <laughs> to pick on all the bad things and then say I love it a whole lot. So, but I mean, that's, that's just bias. You know, there's, I mean, there's a lot of specific terms for like specific types of bias. I'm drawing a blank on if this one has a, a special name, but I mean, it's it's just a bias that, you know, oh, they gave me a thing, so I should be kind to them in return. They sent us a sword. And I have to say, I've experienced a little bit of that firsthand, because there were a few games that we got to review at Left Stick Down that we would get things with. Like, we never got the big press packages or whatever, but the occasional small item or extra thing that would go with it. And whenever that would happen... Then it would be like, oh, we we got a thing. What do we do with this? And there were a couple of times that I probably was a little kinder to a game than I should have been because it got I got like a nice thing with it. But I think I could do I could do better with that now. And we always disclosed when we got stuff, but I think I could do better with that now than I did then because I was just like I was still enamored with like the holy shit I got a free game to play, like. That was still a big deal to me way back then, because that's been like five or six years ago. And now, like, I get a free game on Keymail, and I'm like, "Fuck, there's another one to go on the pile." <laughs> oh, look, another asset flip. Yeah. By the way, Kyle, where did you go? Uh, he just said, "Oh, be it's right a back. BRB." Okay. Yeah, maybe it's but. just uh, the turnover rate in games journalism to begin with, plus the fact that. Games, uh, uh, the uh, industry runs at a very breakneck speed, so there's no time for it to really sit down and analyze uh, trailers outside of yo know, the niche YouTuber. Yeah, I think that the big problem or one of the big factors for that being just circling back around to how close the media is to the industry and gaming, there's. In, in like film, for example, there's not a lot to be said for the way that a film is, is shot or the way that a film is put together in like the general media. But lots of people want to know like, oh, the whatever build of this game has got problems and it, you know, then that becomes a story. And that happens over and over and over again. Yeah, and, uh, and maybe it's just that, that gaming requires a lot more technical knowledge uh, to write those type of articles. Maybe. Yeah. But the other thing I think it could come down to is the fact that a movie is a passive experience where you're just experiencing what the uh, creators wanted you to versus gaming, which is a more um, active experience where it's up to you and your actions in order to... Uh, either progress the story or experience what the game, uh, the game devs wanted you to. Uh, so when you have a problem with, say, like an early build, uh, that tends to generate more traction than, say, problems on set with a movie. But it, it's all, it's, in my mind, it's all the same kind of sleaze, but just different terminology. Yeah, perhaps. Fair play. And maybe it's just uh, the fact that games journalism is still essentially in its infancy that everything is allowed to slide a lot more and uh, there's just so much money being thrown around in the industry itself that it's hard to really try to combat it. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. Gaming is going through some growing pains that other 
entertainment industries have gone through in the past. And we'll see how it comes out on the other side. Maybe we will, we will see a greater degree of separation as the industry grows. Maybe we'll see a... I don't want to necessarily say better or higher quality journalists, but journalists that are informed by all of this shit that's been going on for the last few years. Yeah, I just hope uh, more even just these journalists that uh, you know aren't even affiliated with the big sites because that's the other thing is you know uh, the YouTubers getting uh, the smaller uh, YouTubers that are the single man or you know small team operations that are able to put out more quality news and uh, raise awareness of issues. I'm going to go ahead and throw a hand grenade into this, com- uh, into this conversation. So I know what you're talking about when you say smaller teams that can focus on the news. You're talking about people who can essentially take a look at something, cut through a lot of the industry bullshit and present facts. Well, I'm, well, I'm more talking about ones that aren't on so much of a time frame to have to uh, get an article out while the hype is still real about a game. Right. I feel like you and I are talking about the same things. We're just describing it differently. Um, but clarity is always welcome. Now, my question yeah. to you then becomes, what of the YouTubers who are essentially in it for the views? And I'm talking about your PewDiePie's Pie and your Pliers Mark. Now, I'm not saying that they're not good to watch, but... Um, well, that's the thing is that they... Don't do as much news content. They're more on the let's play side of things, which I realize, yo, I'm living in a glass house casting stones because I do first impressions of videos, but my primary content is still let's play content. But I'm also not sitting and screaming at the camera, mostly because I don't have a camera. I was going to say, uh, the camera is the only thing that you ain't screaming at. Um, but what I'm talking about is how do you think that and this is not even a topic, I'm just bringing this up. How do you think that that affects uh, the gaming journalism sector of the internet? The idea that there can be these people who are showing legitimate gameplay and having legitimate reactions to it. Um, and that's not necessarily news, but it is, for lack of a better term, free marketing for these games because. Well, simple, Nintendo will shut it down. <laughs> Let's assume that we're not dealing with Nintendo. Uh, it definitely has its place, but I really think that the majority of your purchasing decisions shouldn't be just Let's Play uh, content. It should be someone sitting and looking at a game on a technical level, particularly with how rough some games can run these days, uh, even on the required specs or the recommended specs. Mm-hmm. Uh, so being able to sit and say, okay, this game is running this on this system and uh, showing some technical flaws, uh, showing uh, just oddities in game design, that sort of thing, which can show up in Let's Play content and in streaming content. But whatever you're looking at pre-release streams, those are actually highly curated. Naturally, and I know that we've strayed a bit from our original topic of trailers, which are very controlled media. But so, too, I'm trying to... I don't know. My point is I just just general gaming. I thought it'd be interesting to discuss. Um... I mean, I have gotten stuff that's pre-release and... uh, 
because I don't do Let's Play content as pre-release stuff, there's actually been more than a few games that I've gotten embargoes on saying, okay, you can only play up until this point. You can only do this. Or, you know, the just flat-out embargo date, which, you know, the flat-out embargo date, I don't have as much of a problem with as long as it's fair. So what, because, so what would you say is a uh, fair embargo date? Like, I would say... Uh, a couple days before release. So when you say a couple, I'm, I'm just trying to nail this down. I'm not trying to like grill you or anything. Uh, one or two days at least. Okay. Uh, because, uh, you know, it gives you time to uh, be able to get content out and be able to uh, come through it. Uh, what I think is an unfair embargo is day of. Right. Whenever there's no information before the game is actually released. Okay. Or even after release. Well, yeah, there's been that as well, which, you know, I, I just ignore any embargoes uh, that do that. Because there's no way to really enforce it. All right. So when you say embargo, and I'm assuming our community is game savvy enough. Yeah. 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 Embargo is essentially a gentleman's agreement that let's say I get game X. All right. And uh uh, they're thumbing up each other. (laughs) I'm just agreeing. You're good. Uh, Let's say I get game X and it says. The embargo date is June 1st. I have a gentleman's agreement with that uh, company that I will not release a uh, video or, uh, depending on the embargo, even talk about it in a public medium until after that day. If I break the embargo, there's no real legal ramifications because I didn't sign anything. Mm -hmm. Technically, I mean... uh, if they are really highly pissed with me, they may uh, go after me. Uh, but yo, know, it's a uh, yo, know, it's something that's not really in the law, as far as I've been able to tell. The punishment for that is that later, whenever they release their next game, they'll say, "Okay, well, Gaming with Caffeine Rage broke the embargo. Let's think about sending him uh, that again." Yeah, let's you know, hesitate. So that's the uh, thing with the embargoes. And uh, the reason why you see so many people stick to it is because getting stuff early to be able to play it uh, for a review is highly important. And that's why Gotaku uh, threw a fit with Bethesda whenever uh, they were uh, blacklisted. I think it was Gotaku or was it Polygon? One or the two. I honestly can't or, recall. I mean, they're, I, mean, they're, I mean, they're kind of the same, aren't they? <laughs> They're similar, yeah. I think of Polygon. I think uh, one, one of them uh, threw a fit because uh, before Bethesda th- uh, pretty much said no review copies at all, they blacklisted them on embargo, so their reviews were delayed. Or if they wanted to get in- reviews out while everything was hot, they had to hugely rush things, which makes for a more sloppy job. And the reason for the embargoes is to prevent rush reviews, to to prevent the rush first impressions, to be able to sit down and play things at a bit more of a relaxed pace. So, uh, so that's why I'm not completely against embargoes. Is it? It makes it so that the rush to be first uh, is really shooting yourself in the foot if you're breaking it. Right, and that was actually going to be my next question. And basically, I'm just trying to make sure that we're covering all bases here. <laughs> that embargoes can be a good thing. That they reduce competition to increase accuracy of reporting. To, to, uh, to make things more fair. Right. 
But the thing is that sometimes the embargoes themselves are weaponized to be release date or, you know, hour of release in some cases. <laughs> well, the fact of the matter is, I mean, there are always going to be people who are going to exploit loopholes and yeah. uh, social contracts for their own gains. Now, there may be legitimate reasons for it. For example, they may be in the process of releasing new patches and they don't think that the game will be playable or... Yeah, and that's the other thing is that, you know, sometimes I've gotten review code and the, uh, well, the info that they give uh, uh, that usually houses the embargo also says, please don't release content uh, until this date because we're uh, working on the uh, release patch. Or the servers won't be up, so you can't do the multiplayer side of things, which I typically don't do the multiplayer side of things anyway, so that doesn't really apply to me, but yeah. Shocker! No, uh, all, all joking aside, yeah, that's uh, that's that's uh, that's a good explanation of it. Uh, but coming back all the way around to trailers, uh, maybe it's just uh, uh, the game industry is a little bit too close to the journalist uh, side of things, and that uh, the uh, industry or the journalism side of things just hasn't grown enough to be able to uh, protect the consumers, so we're left to fend for ourselves. Why, yes, I agree. My hair smells really nice. That's why I'm doing. I this. don't know. My hair is very short, so I can't do that. My hair smells very fruity. That's the reason. Hmm. Well, that turned into a lot longer topic than I thought it would be. No, it's fine. It's great. Good content. Good content. I myself need to take a break. If you two want to carry on, you uh, can, or we can all take a little bit a break. of a break. Uh, sounds good. Okay. Quick break to go to the bathroom and get beverages. Yeah, I uh, I kind of discreetly did that already, but uh, yeah, let's 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 make this round yeah, two. I won't. Yeah, I know. I, I won't mute my camera this time. I wasn't very discreet. I was like, where did he go? And then Rage was like, he said in the chat he'd be right back. So, called you out on Damn it. Damn Wow, that was, that was sharp. <laughs> uh, I need a better pop filter. That was very sharp. a better filter on this mic. Obviously. Yeah. All right. Give me you guys. You be blew right my back. fucking cover. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm breaking things. Don't worry about it. I'm breaking shit. Whatever, in our shit. I can break shit if I want to. Hello, everybody. As far as I know, I'm the only one back, so I'm just going to go ahead and uh, spew nonsense for a minute. See, I'm of the mindset that nature will eventually create something which tells nature to go fuck itself. And in Earth's case, that's humanity. For example, you know, most species, if they wanted to be warm, they would have to evolve. Blubber, fur, whatever, natural selection would dictate what the most advantageous traits were to have. Except humanity. We, the greatest of the great apes, are going to make apes great again. It's going to be huge. The greatest of the great apes decided that we would tell nature to go fuck itself. So, for example, well, that's because humanity, I discovered, isn't actually mammals. <laughs> well, I was going to go into saying, like, uh, when we discovered how to harness fire, uh, we essentially said that uh, there would be, um, we decide when we're warm. And now we're just running up the score. It's like, 
yeah, humans can't fly. And uh, we said, nah, fuck you. We'll figure this shit out. And it's like, okay, fine. We'll no, just see, keep it uh, in the atmosphere. And I'm like, fuck you. We're going to the moon, nature. No, no, no. Here's the thing is that we decided, you know, being warm is kind of nice. Let's make everything warm. Ha! <laughs> Clever. Jared's back. Got himself a sandwich, a piece of bread. It is maple bacon bread. Delicious. I approve of this message. I had a pack of... So I, I told you I made maple bacon cookies mm. earlier. I had extra... Yeah, I'll like have to be pack. sure to give you my new address so you can send me some. <laughs> so I was like, I wonder what else I can do with this cookie dough. And so I, I like added some milk to it and whipped it uh, or whisked it. Whipped it good? We, I whipped a bunch of air into it and it fluffed up and baked like a, a loaf of bread. And it is delicious. So I'm going to do that again in the future. Fair enough. Uh, hey, Jared, this may be a bit of a big ask. Um, do you have any of like jangly type guitar music that you'd hear in like any sort of political ad uh, that you can get your hands on that's uh, royalty free? Well, let's go check Kevin McCloy. Okay, probably. If you can, please insert it right here. Well, hello, friends. My name is that one guy, and I'm running for president. I want you to know that there are some divisive issues in this country, and I feel the same way you do about them. Fact of the matter is, the people running this country, well, they've been doing a job. But I think I can do a job to your expectations. That's why I'm launching my campaign. That one guy for president, 2020. My running mate is literally the VGL podcast member who speaks next. <laughs> that one guy, gaming psychologist, does that, does that count? 2020. Oh yeah, bitches. All content in this message has been approved by that one guy. Of course you get to be the first lady. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Fucking uh, New Yorker over here. I'm going to go top off water real quick. Because <laughs> I've been sitting here sipping. <laughs> I just looked over my water bottle and I'm like, oh. You know, I might still have some water in this thing. I forgot to get my box of goodies. Oh, see? I'm not the only one that needed to step away again. That is warm as fuck. That was the camelback that I was using when I was mowing my lawn today. But the fact of the matter is, I mean, Jared is just a sexy, sexy man. Damn straight. <laughs> my kid has taken most of my things out of my box of goodies. I'm going to have to find him, but my squishy man's still squishy. here. Squishy. Oh, yeah. Well, squishy man. He's squishy. Yeah, what do I have on my desk? Let's find out. I've got Gideon Jura, pop figurine. Nice. I've got Eggsy. From the Kingsman Secret Service. That was a little 9 millimeter right there. Nice. Uh, we'll get to that one in a second. We've got Elspeth Terrell from Magic the Gathering. You already saw JB and Pug when I made that visual joke earlier. And my favorite one that I found so far, Emily Atano from Dishonored 2. Nice. Dishonored 2 is yeah. way too big of a game. I don't have very many decorative things on my desk because my kid comes in here and plays and messes with them. So on my desk, we have the purple trash can where trash goes. That is a tiny trash can. It is. It's a tiny desk trash can. We have my, my Valentine's monkey 
who you smooched yes, earlier. I, I got my squishy man now. All right. I have a piece of a child's puzzle just got sitting a here. On it. Yep, and the other side has a cat. Nice. Good job. You get a sticker. I hope that came and through I as have poppy. My little as... cup full of full of cough drops with the hair ties falling into. Yeah. Number one, I'm not wearing pants, but number two, let's take a little tour around my desk. Uh, there's my pop figurines. There's okay, I'm there's back. my alcohol. There's Jared. Hi, me. Uh, I got my oh, Xbox God, controller and my phone. My phone number, by the way, if anybody wants to send me a text, is 555. None of your business. Let's see. It's one. one. Here's my new Xbox controller. Ooh, nice. This one's got Bluetooth, so I can use it without hacking my Wii U Pro controller. Nice. Uh, no, I've just got a... On my phone. Let's see, it's one two six nine. I swear to Christ, Rage, I will find you <laughs> and put a bullet through your head. <laughs> what, uh, the state code or the area code, that's it? <laughs> I tell people I live in St. Joe all the time. I don't care about that, but the next uh, eight numbers are problematic. Uh, the next seven numbers are problematic <laughs> in a I don't want people knowing this kind of way. Well, it's a good thing we're not live. I would, I would go through the effort to cut that Thank out you. for you. So, I, I was just welcome. making a joke. As was oh, I. I have some nose spray for when I can't breathe. That's on my desk. As was I. You know I have no capacity to actually kill anybody. That's why I didn't actually enlist. Yeah, it's amazing what you could live through. Did I ever tell you my dumb joke uh, about putting a bullet between somebody's eyes? Oh, your Bitcoin. Nice. So, when I was in college, my favorite threat was, don't make me put a bullet between your eyes. And somebody decided to test me on that. So, one night, and a little backstory, this person was one of my friends. Nice. Yeah. Mm, that's a sexy woman right there. Uh, for obvious reasons. Um, he held up a, our, our, uh, save the date okay. to the camera. Yeah. Show that, uh, show that to all the audio listeners. It's great. Yeah. On the front side of it and the back side is, Hey, come to St. Joe. Ooh. You know, if you go there, uh, that's actually my mom's address. <laughs> And I don't live there anymore. I've moved, so you can go say hi. There you go, audio listeners. There's the address. You know where to go. Yeah, uh, 1234 Fake Street, St. Joseph, Michigan, 49085. But what was that about? Right. So in college, um, I had this friend of mine uh, back at home in St. Joe who kept going on about, all oh, I'm going to do... So my running joke was, oh, don't make me put a bullet between your eyes. Ha ha. Lol. Um, so one night I decided, you know what? I went to the shooting range recently. Took a spent shell. Took a little bit of duct tape. Just duct taped it right there. Uh, between the eyes. And it was one of those like, ha ha ha. Oh shit, he might be actually crazy. <laughs> Moments. <laughs> a terroristic threat these days. Well, keep in mind that was that was like two thousand. FBI shows up. Uh, keep in mind that was that was like two thousand ten. So that was before 
uh, all this nonsense started really going down. And honestly, it's one of those things that I sort of regret, but not really. Like, you look back, and I was thumbing through some old, like, forum. Yeah, things. that's what, like, two, three hundred school shootings b- uh, back now? Something like that. But the, the fact... I regret that. The fact of the matter is... Oh, I'm awesome. Uh, the, fact of the, <laughs> the fact of the matter is, I... Uh, I'm really glad that a lot of my posts from when I was like 20, 21 kind of got forgotten to time. Mostly because yeah, I was kind of do shit. Yeah, I'm kind of glad I didn't grow up in the Twitter age. Me I too. I got Twitter because of uh, the Kerbal cast, so I didn't really get into that until I absolutely had to. Yeah. I didn't do MySpace, but. And I didn't get into Facebook until late, so. I was already in college when I started doing stuff on Facebook. And by that point, I was old enough and smart enough to not post, like, lots of stupid shit, only just, like, a little stupid All shit. Right, there's a... And nothing that I would regret. There's a dumb like, fucking picture I posted. Oh, that, that's because you have no shame. That's true. I also have no shame. But, you know, potential employers and governments are not going to see me... Oh, who the fuck am I kidding? Governments will be all over my ass for all the shit I post on Twitter. <laughs> but at least my Facebook is relatively clean. Jesus, fuck. Clean. You ever go back and take a look at a picture of yourself and you're like, fuck, I looked way different like six months ago. Because yeah. that's, that's what I'm looking at. I've lost a metric ass ton of weight. Um, let me see if I can find this picture. It's dumb. It's from when I was... Uh, Yes. Okay. It was from at a historical reenactment. If you can, oh boy. Uh, if you can believe that one. Uh, you're gonna make me do this, aren't you? Yeah. There we go. Uh, you guys can keep talking. This is a one-note joke. So, um, well, I was thinking we should uh, start with another topic. So this was me back when I was about. 19 at a uh, at a historical reenactment that rolls through town every so often. Um, save. Yeah. So that was, that, was, that, was, that was me back in the day. I weighed a lot less back then. But, uh, yeah, I'd be willing to open it a new topic. I'm awesome. What's on your list? Uh, well, we have bucket list. We have games you... Uh, a game you shouldn't like based on usual taste, but uh, find you do. And is Steam too powerful? I'd be willing to go for one of the last two. A uh, game you don't like based on usual tastes? Yeah, I actually have three powerful? of those. Okay. Then we can go ahead and do that. Rach, you spoke first, so you can go first. Okay, so let's go with one that you may not have heard of. Kerbal Space Program the fuck is that but not for possibly the reason that uh for the spirit of the question it's that i typically don't have the tolerance for some of the bullshit bugs that kerbal has had over the years uh, especially after it uh, left early access but uh We've talked about this before, so, you know, it's not treading new ground, so I'll stay off, I'll, I won't stay on this for very long, but it's more just a, 
uh, because this is such a unique game, I have a lot more tolerance for uh, a lot of stuff that I wouldn't have otherwise. I love that Kyle's mining, but after clapping. Or snapping, or whatever. Uh, but, uh, just because of how unique the game is, uh, I have a lot more tolerance for, uh, the bugs that otherwise would have had me refund this game ages ago, or would have had me just stop playing. You know, having my space station blow up because the Kraken, you know, hmm. that I spent, you know, 12 hours building and, and designing that sort of thing. Uh, any other game, I would have been, fuck you. But this, you know, it's more revert a save and, you know, see if it does it again. That sort of thing. And this is one of the rare games that I kind of forgive the bugs just because it's so ambitious for its engine and everything else it does. So that's, uh, you know, one of the games I thought of pretty much instantly. Fair enough. I'm nodding like people can see what the fuck I'm doing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I do the same thing when, even when I'm not on video, I'll just nod. Sometimes I call it and be like, I just nodded at what you said. Be <laughs> like, you can see me. Although you can see me nod uh, right now. Just a little uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! bridge reference. Attention, duelists! My head is nodding. Alright, that joke fell fucking flat. I'm just gonna go with <laughs> go my Sepaku over here. Don't fucking worry about it. Uh, wait till after the podcast for that. Yeah, my sword is out of reach. Yeah, besides, this is an audio podcast, so, you know, the visual goodness would be uh, lost on us. I, too, have a few on my list. The one at the top, though, that was the least obvious, uh, I think, Rage, you know this already because we've talked about it, but I don't know if I've ever said it on the show, but Battle Block Theater. Uh, I, platformers are the only genre that has not had anything in it to really win me over. But Battle Block Theater between the art style. Uh, I think that's more of a knife. <laughs> Fucking wow. I, I, that's not a knife. Nice. Um... After I finish talking, I'll go get my sword. Yeah, there we go. But, but, uh, but yeah, Battle Block Theater between the art style and the soundtrack and the way that the cutscenes are presented and the narrator, like. That's what sort of won me on that game, like the way that it's presented. I still don't go in for the mechanics on the game, but I really enjoy the way that the whole game is presented to you. Yeah, mechanically, so, it's a, a very basic game overall, uh, with the real strength of it actually being the co-op. Yeah. But it's just presented really well. Yeah, but I mean, I hate platformers with a passion. They're, like I just said, they're the only genre that's really never had anything to win me to it to try multiple titles um, in said genre. But Battle Block Theater is the only platformer I've ever played that I really have enjoyed at all. I don't even like classic stuff like any of the, the Marios or Metroidvania type games. I guess, I mean, old Metroid and old... Castlevania. Yeah, because Metroid went first-person shooter. And yeah. Castlevania... Uh, I think it died, right? It imploded. Yeah. Case um, implosion. So, directly at implosion. But anyway, so yeah, that's that was the one that was the, the at the top of my list and maybe the least obvious, so... Yeah, see, I went most Child. obvious first. 
Fair enough. Now, a bit about my gaming proclivities. Um, I'm not really... I'm not really apt to turn my sure nose what to up. Say. Well, apt to turn my nose up at anything. I'm trying to find the best way to say this. However, whatever is popular, I generally find to be a bit overrated. So one thing I actually do enjoy with friends, and I'm going to preface this, is PUBG. And uh, the reason that I normally wouldn't go for this is I'm not a big tactical shooter kind of guy. Like, Arma, fun with friends. Fuck off everywhere else. But uh, when it comes to PUBG, it is fun to go in with uh, Cube. Hey, Cube, how you doing, buddy? And Go Shark, what's up, Go Shark? And, you know, Mel's, you know who you are. Um, (laughs) Yeah, really. Do you see this? I do see that. Ain't happening. Anyway, nice, nice, nice. Ching, 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 just fine. <laughs> ah, okay. Not exactly what this is made for, but... Oh, see, the only thing I have uh, within reach to be able to wield is a bottle of hot sauce. Um, I've got a glass bottle. Uh, I don't have my gun within reach anymore, which is probably good because I've been drinking. Uh, but I do have my sword, which isn't uh, sharpened to combat it, just got a theater. But as I was saying, PUBG, uh, it is fun to occasionally just go in there, fuck around, and as long as you don't take the game too seriously, it is fun. But it is against my normal proclivities for either just, I want to turn my brain off shooters, or strategy games. So, that's uh, that's my first answer. I have one more, and uh, I may go quiet here for a second. Oh my. Okay. Right. So, what's your next one? Okay. Well, Rage my Rage? other, uh, well, my second one. I, I guess I'm more of a gaming slut where I'll enjoy a lot of different genres. You know, the buffet gamer. So it was actually a bit tough for me to really sit down and think of genres that I didn't really enjoy. But I did yeah. come up with a couple, and one of them is the rhythm game, and that's mostly due to me being old white guy. So I don't have the reflexes anymore to play a lot of the insane guitar hero and that sort of thing. Uh, but there was one that I kind of clicked with me and I haven't played it in quite a while. And I originally played this as a different title and they changed it, I think, due to some copyright things uh, afterwards. It was originally called Sequence, but now it's called Before the Echo. This is a rhythm RPG game with some grinding elements. Just it, it, There was something about how they handled the uh, magic mechanic where you're going between different fields of this song and uh, this sort of pseudo-electronic. I'm not sure the actual genre of the music in this game, but it's not hugely fast-paced, but it's comfortable enough that I could play it while still offering a challenge. And still having to balance a few different things on top of an RPG mechanic that made it a little bit more palatable. Plus, they had some interesting humor in it where uh, you're basically this guy that wakes up in a tower full of just crazy people and just really, really weird personalities on the bosses. 
it's an interesting uh, game and it's uh, actually fairly niche nowadays. And that's, uh, it's kind of my entry to the rhythm uh, game genre that I hadn't really been able to uh, get another one that really kind of scratched that itch, you know, to really get me to want to play it. I I did get uh, Crypt of the Necker Dancer. It was a uh, you know gift last year that I never sat down and actually played. Now I think about it, so I'm gonna have to try that at some point to see if that works because that is a roguelite rhythm, you know. And maybe it's just you know uh, putting in the filler content from another genre, so it's not a you know it's not pure cut rhythm. It's something else that makes it a little bit more interesting to me. I've always liked rhythm games. I played like started started with the first Guitar Hero game, and I was always like, I can't play real musical instruments, but I can play this piece of plastic tat like No Tomorrow. Well, see, I can play an actual and, musical instrument. So I'm curious, what do you play? Maybe I just don't need a uh, saxophone. Nice. <laughs> what? What? You would play a saxophone? What you would expect you would. something else? I was wondering what Kyle was uh, expecting me to play. Uh, it was between piano and guitar. Actually, I've been wanting to learn guitar, but just, yep. It's an interesting thing, but it looks a little much. Well, my question is, uh, how much do you value your fingertips? Well, that's also the thing, is that I don't think I have the fingers for a guitar. Well, see, sidebar... Uh, I play the cello, so uh, my fingers are always pretty calloused on my left hand. Mm. And um, generally what I'll do is I'll find a song that Mel's fucking hates or just refuses to learn the words to, and then I'll learn how to play it on the cello and just kind of doodle on it for a minute. <laughs> so, uh, But, Jared, what was that comment? <laughs> of course you would. Of course you would. Of course you'd play a saxophone. I wouldn't expect anyone who sounds like you to play any other instrument except maybe a bass i could see playing a bass racist uh, go on sorry there was something came out of my mouth <laughs> not sure if that's necessarily racist or not oh, fucking it's something ist it's soundist audioist soundist oh, fucking yeah status no i'm status all right yeah so I, i'm not sure how to, how i should take that <laughs> So the number two game on my list is The Surge. Ah. Um, it was the theme that got me into this style of game. I'd always been sort of curious about the <laughs> Dark Souls-esque genre, but The Surge... <laughs> Kyle is making uh, some lewd comments right now. But The Surge is what really got me into it. It's really hard to focus when I'm, like, picturing you sucking my dick. Especially when you make the gestures and everything. That's right, you choke on it, bitch. <laughs> oh. Anyways. <laughs> I couldn't keep, that, uh, couldn't keep that down. It was too, uh, it was too hot and magical. That's what she said. Oh, my. Uh, That's what she things said. that Mel's will say on her wedding no. night. Bam! All right, I'm back in form. All right. Well, she obviously I, won't be but choking. I do. Fucking. Oh. Wow. Uh, wow. Wow. Get owned. You got wrecked. You see this bottle right here? 
the width of the neck of this has jack shit to do with my genitals. I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> Don't even know why I brought it. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyways, I I don't mind games that are challenging. Like the main reason that I never went for the Dark Souls esque genre um, wasn't just because they were challenging. I just didn't like beating my head against the wall. But I found a theme that got me into it, and now I like them. And eventually, whenever I stop playing Battletech, one of the games that I'm going to get into is Dark Souls 3. I know, you're shaking your head no. You want me to get the Dark Souls 1 remaster? Why are you playing yes, I've, I'm agreeing with you. I'm fucking... I know you want me to get the Dark Souls remaster. I know you want me to get the Dark Souls remaster. But... I mean, I'm interested in giving other games in the genre a try now. Fair enough. And I was, like, anti-Dark Souls for a long time, because I was like, I don't want to fucking play a game that's so hard that I won't enjoy it, but I just had to find the right one, and I'm kind of into Comments it Comments on that, because I have feelings about this. What? Um... Like you have lots of feelings about Dark Souls. I was nervous bringing this up, but it was one of the only games I could put sure. on the list. I'm just going to talk for two minutes here, probably, about... Number one, Dark Souls Remastered... What was that, 20? ...solves a lot of the problems I feel like you were having with original Dark Souls when we tried that last time, in that at 60 frames consistently. It streams like shit on my system. I have no idea why. I haven't dug into it. But the other thing that they've added, and this is something I wanted to talk to you about for a second, and this is the best time to do it, publicly, you know, on a recorded podcast. Um... They've added a system in which you are more likely to link with your friends versus not. So, like, I would be more than willing to do a co-op playthrough for recording with either you, Rage, or both, because you can have up to two people co-oping. But it's it's fantastic. I mean, the uh, the ultimate experience for Dark Souls is in Dark Souls Remastered. I do feel a little bad abandoning some of my characters, but whatever. Anyways, you were saying about the surge, which is a piece of shit that I'm not a big fan of for reasons. Okay, no, cool. I'm done. I, I see how so you I, kind I, of passive aggressively. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's, pa- I, it's I, not even passive aggressive. This is fuck deck thirteen. They didn't respond to me about fucking nudist mech suit wearing stuck in the same clothes. Well, it works the same as Starcraft. Fair enough. I, it, it's one of those ships that have sailed, but I did specifically tag the devs in it to see if I could get them to respond to me. And I know I shouldn't take it personally, but I kind of do. Well, it's simple. Uh, it's game mechanics because otherwise it would be an adults-only game. Sure. They could be like, oh, well, this stuff comes off for story reasons. All right, so uh, it was what games shouldn't we like, but we do based on our proclaims. based on your usual tastes. Okay. Yep, you said you had two, so it's your turn. Well, these two kind of fall into the same category for me. Uh, Left for Dead Two and Payday series, I guess, because they're relatively the same. Now, as far as Twitch shooters go, I like basically quick bite-sized, like, arena matches that are over in, like, five minutes, maybe, in case I need to go somewhere. 
but uh, with the mission-based structure of Left 4 Dead 2 and Payday 1 particularly, where you only had X number of missions and you could only get so good at them, that's the kind of shit that I usually walk away from because there's not enough uh, lenticular design within the gameplay so that you would have emergent properties. Now, I'm not saying Call of Duty is the pinnacle of... uh, emergent design or necessarily combat strategy, nobody here is arguing that. But the fact of the matter is, any sort of uh, limited mission structure type game is always one where I'm like, well, okay, I can play through the missions with friends, but then is there repeatability after that? Now, Left 4 Dead 2 is a bit more guilty of this because Payday had an RPG tree uh, of talents, but it was one of those that once I got into it, I was like, well, okay, I guess I can play this for a while, but it's not my normal bag. And now, I mean, even today, I'm still playing Payday 2. Mind you, it's with friends and not with randos, because the Payday 2 community is fucking toxic as hell. If you have the wrong build, they will kick you out of a server. And my build is never the right build. But yeah, so of course it's not. It's not the yeah the cookie cutter meta deck uh, you know web deck thing that you'd have in Hearthstone, the equivalent of right. So basically, what it comes down to is if a group wants to do stealth, my guy's not built for that. He's built for um, what I call a team group hug. Fun. Well, I call it team group hug, which is I do a lot of medic stuff and then um, just general support stuff by like pointing stuff out and saying shield and then that particular shield takes an extra 40 percent damage or something like that so the nice thing about playing with the vgl community shout out to jim 35 35 cube and ghost shark is uh they kind of templated themselves around a little bit what i do so i don't necessarily have to change my uh change my ways and uh, it's getting me pretty close to prestiging which i'm not sure is going to be worth it or not I don't know. My point is I'm not a big fan of like uh, mission-based um, repetitive type things where it's like, okay, you play these eight levels and get super good at them, guys. It'll be a super useful skill in the future. Yeah, when we rob the real bank. <laughs> yeah, and that's... I wonder if there's been uh, you know, anyone that's played Payday other has. I don't know that for a fact, but just yes, there has to have been. There's, there has to have been, Well, right? sure, but then you also have to ask yourself, okay, I don't know uh, if Rage can contribute to this, but I know for a fact, Jared, you can. There's a certain hardware requirement of familiarity with firearms, and you have to wonder if somebody with the proclivity to rob a bank from playing one of the Payday games didn't already have the hardware because I can't really imagine somebody who hadn't played uh, Payday before going out, buying the hardware, and then robbing a bank. BB guns. Yeah, six millimeter BBs are not going to hold up against two twenty three rounds coming at a thousand uh, feet per second. No, no, they, no. They, if there's someone that thinks this is a good enough idea to base it off a video game. They're not going to bother going through all the uh, channels to get the proper hardware. Instead, they're going to get airsoft and BB guns and repaint them. Uh, you know, take the orange tips off and, uh, you know, the toy guns and uh, all the safety features to make them look like real guns and brandish them. Yeah, that's going to oh. end. I'm not. That's going to end with yeah, the Yeah, it's going to end by suicide by a cop, but. 
you know, I'm not saying it's a good idea, but you know, it, it wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Well, fact of the matter is, like I said, I'm not big on like repetitive type stuff, but Payday 2, if I have the right group of friends, has kept my interest. You say you're not big on repetitive stuff, but Call of Duty Zombies? That's a little different. That's uh, that's more of like an arcade style game. And again, it falls under like the breezy game category where if I just have like five, ten minutes to spare, I'm like, hey, do you guys want to go try and get as far as we can in like five minutes? That's why. Also, for the record, I haven't played Call of Duty Zombies in a year. I'm a year sober, not for lack of trying, though. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that. And then I've got, I guess, one more. I don't know how many you have, Rage. Uh, I got one more. Okay. Uh, so I guess it's me up unless Jared has another one. No, you can go ahead. I'm looking for people who say they robbed a bank because of payday two. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that there's at least someone blaming it. You know? Yeah. Because you know, video games cause violence and everything else wrong. Absolutely. Uh, my other one is in the tower defense genre. Another one that I've never really been able to stomach, mostly due to amazing, where a a good chunk of the uh, genre is either you know very passive uh, place turrets on a set lane and yeah let them go or you have to set up a very particular maze to have uh, everything funneled down through all your turrets and i just i played some of the first type but never really was able to get into the second type even uh a defense grid to a degree maybe could also fit into this but i would say more revenge of the titans which is once again, a another game that uh, takes the core concept of the genre, but throws in a second uh, uh, genre. In this case, it's actually a little bit of RTS, where you have uh, some buildings that send out units that you could control. You have other un- other buildings that are you directly control and fire. And there is amazing aspect to some degree, but. Uh, the aliens are also more intelligent, so if you try to funnel them too much, they'll actually start to break down the uh, barriers to bypass them. And it has a fluidic uh, difficulty system where if you start doing too good, it's going to ramp up the difficulty, but also uh, it works in reverse where if you're struggling too much, it'll actually dial back the difficulty a little bit. So, you know, a noob like me could actually enjoy the game and not feel completely punished for not being, you know, exactly great at tower defense. Right. And it has an interesting art style as well. Uh, th- but then again, this is a puppy games uh, game. So they have the sort of their style where it's the, uh, their kind of stock aliens that they use for pretty much anything, uh, to be honest. <laughs> and there's just something funny about all the uh, cutscenes literally going blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 yeah. blah, 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 Which I'm pretty sure is what people hear with this podcast, uh, to be perfectly honest. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, Fuck, blah. High five! I love how we both went there. Thank you. Nice. So I still haven't found anybody who says that they were inspired to rob a bank because of Payday or Payday 2, but I found an article where GTA. someone is talking about which of the heists in Payday 
are realistic enough that you yourself could pull off. None of them. So... I mean, maybe the convenience store robbery, but at that point, you're just sticking a gun in the cashier's face and running the fuck away. Um, Yep. Alrighty. Were were you you done, Rage? Yeah, Uh, yeah, pretty much. So, my last game is probably the most obvious one. Uh, Torchlight 2. (laughs) I've never been a big fan of the ARPGs, just because I don't I don't know, a combination of the the control style and how they play and the camera angle and just a lot of little and things. And the complexity but as well. Tor- yeah, I, I don't, again, I don't mind complex games, but it always feels like I'm, you know, walking off the deep end of a, into an ocean of things. Oh, don't, don't worry, that's going to be in a few months. <laughs> but Torchlight... <laughs> Torchlight is simple enough to learn, but complex enough that it there's more to it. Um, it's got a lot of free systems where that you can, you know, make regular changes, and you don't really get locked into a certain playstyle. If you want to be a mage who uses swords, you can, and you're not really super penalized for it. There's certain spells that are um, meant to be used up close, so it's just a good game all around, and I enjoyed what we have played of it and we should play it some more at some point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like it. Yeah. It's, and it's, got yeah, me... it's flexible enough that you could uh, go into it with pretty much any idea that you have, uh, based around the systems, but also the pet system. And it is really nice. Granted, I may have went a little nuts with my pet system, but you know, I have like an army of different mechanoids following me. <laughs> Yeah, it works though. But the def- uh, every uh, class has a pet in that game, and it could be used as a support character, a little bit of damage, but also sending your shit off to sale uh, in town without having to leave the dungeon. Exactly. I mean, why do you get a pet if you can't just strap your excess shit to it and send them off to make a profit? Yeah, and they and most of them even have a cute little backpack. <laughs> now I'm just imagining yeah. a snake backpack. You just like sew that on there and just jam as much shit in. Unfortunately, no stakes, but there is a, 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 it was a ferret, right? A ferret with uh, goggles and a little backpack. Yep. Well, I was being facetious. I'm just saying based on our pet that we are legally obligated so to the, So, so that's, so that's kind of a, a snake. It's a, it's a carpet snake. <laughs> yes, it is. A fuzzy snake. Hey, there you go. You should get a ferret, Jared. I'm good. No, I you think don't. I want a ferret. No, you do not. <laughs> No, he should get a sugar glider. Yeah, just uh, just right. uh, the worst idea of a of a pet possible. I just got a just got a panda. Oh, uh, sorry about that. No, mm. uh, you're fine. I'm starting to get there too. I figure I've got one either one more chunk of bullshit. Oh, or I'm going to double down on bullshit after this. Oh my! So, do you want? Yeah, I've got one. Do you have a Do you have a bucket list, or do you want to talk about Steam? I'll talk about Steam. Oh boy! Okie dokie. <laughs> so this is a general topic based on a news article from like two years ago. Timely as fuck, guys. Is Timely Steam as too fuck. powerful in the gaming industry, but Steam has gotten into 
way more shit in the last couple of years than what this article was about. Yeah, this was... Actually, I'm having to go back to the article because I didn't grab it. This is from PC Games N, which is actually a, a site that we use quite often in the show notes. Um... It was uh, talking about indie uh, indie devs uh, just considering uh, dumping it because uh, Steam has a big con to them. And since then, Steam Direct has come out. (laughs) And lots of indie devs are leaving Steam behind or at least not looking at it as a primary platform. Yeah, well, Steam Direct has really, really backfired on uh, Valve. I think... Uh, they expected uh, the uh, gaming public to police it a lot more. And the problem is Valve has a very hands-off approach to their development, particularly with uh, Steam and how they handle the tags and everything else, unless there is some sort of legal problem. As Kyle gets uh, a pit stop. (laughs) Uh, Where, uh, I mean, just some tags in general are complete are completely useless. Psychological horror, particularly, where it's become a meme to tag everything as psychological horror, including children's games. Yeah, like, I mean... I mean, I've played a lot of children's games as an adult psychological horror. <laughs> I mean, okay, they keep true. tagging, like, things like uh, that dating sim, Doki Doki Literature, psychological horror. I, what is wrong with that? Um, but in my mind... <laughs> yeah, I know, right? But in my mind... Uh, Steam is, they're not necessarily a monopoly because they do have some competition, but ultimately they were the first to really capitalize on digital distribution in a very successful way. Uh, they weren't quite the first, but they were. In a successful way. Yeah. In that, uh, they tied it to the orange box because I remember when I got the orange box, that's when I got Half-Life 2 actually. When I got oh, the sorry. orange box, I was. No, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, it's not you. I'm making a point. Uh, when I got the orange box, that's what tied me into Steam, and so uh, basically, I had no idea this thing existed until then. And after that, they managed to get their fingers in enough pies that they were able to not necessarily have 100% market share, but they had enough market share that they could dictate the terms under which people were to approach them. Which isn't quite a monopoly, but it's the next best thing as kind of an oleopoly. Because at the time, from what I recall, uh, it was basically either Steam or physical copy. I mean, there were obviously other sites, but nothing. On yeah, well, the physical copy of the Orange Box, it, I'm pretty sure it just has the Steam installer in it. Right, no, no, no. And I'm saying products that weren't made by Valve at the time. It's like uh, one that comes to mind is Mini Ninja. Um, and some other stuff where it's like, yeah, you could get it on Steam and download it from the server, or you could go to the store and buy it. And for a while, there wasn't really a good in-between. I mean, there was GOG, obviously, and a couple of other services, but uh, what it came down to was really uh, Steam was the trendsetter, and uh, whatever they did, essentially, people started to sort of, to some degree, march to the line of their drop. Well, the, I think the reason why was that it was still a pretty much a walled garden. It was highly curated what actually got on Steam for quite a while. Right. Where, you know, getting on Steam was enough 
of a marketing boost that you didn't have to you know, really go out of your way because there wasn't that many games coming out each day. But now you're lost in so many asset flips, meme games, a couple actually somewhat decent indie titles, uh, some that are just a, a Uni Store asset pack packaged in an EXE, uh, achievement uh, uh, idlers, uh, and yeah, there's just so much out there now that you even just getting on Steam itself, yeah, you know, paying your hundred bucks isn't enough now. Sure, but ultimately, I don't think that Valve cares that much in the fact that yeah, true. each asset flip, each uh, Unity asset, EXE bundle, each shitty game, and each actually interesting indie uh, development, plus each of their AAA, AA, and single-A titles, that all earns the money. So even though they're getting hit with potential blowback the thing that you have to ask yourself is is the blowback going to be greater than the potential profit that could be made from it even with the blowback yeah which is very true and i'm i'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm coming at it from a very uh business yeah. sense and i know that but yeah yeah i realize that there's a reason why valve doesn't care that much uh, but I, I think the main problem just looking at as from the consumer side of things is that there's not enough tools out there to really be able to handle it because uh, Valve hasn't built their tools well enough. They rely on just the crowd uh, to be able to handle everything, but they didn't really count on the fact that the crowd would think it funny to mislabel things, to bury things, to give a lot of negative reviews for really no reason. Uh, uh, Kerbal uh, got a lot of negative reviews at one point because of a the way they translated the Chinese on text on the main menu because it was the it was a neutral gender I believe or something like that for uh, one of the words. Well, and I mean that's that's ultimately coming down to either one of two things. Valve shrewdly not caring uh, in face of, fuck you, we have your money, or Valve being short-sighted and seeing no need to change things because the profits haven't been affected. Now, I'm not saying Valve is necessarily evil, nor malicious, nor out to get you. However... No, they're not EA. (laughs) No, they're not evil assholes. Uh, So... So, um, my point being, in Valve's mind, it's not broken enough to warrant fixing. And the only time that they really do decide to move off of their log is when there's enough backlash that it could potentially impact profit. Speaking as a guy who used to work for a Fortune, fuck, like 400, 300, 200, I don't remember. It was a big fucking company. If you don't need to fix something, especially if it costs money to fix, you don't fix it. And that's just basically the lay of the land when it comes to uh, big companies that are dealing with um, with a lot of money. Uh, any sort of blowback that you get that costs you money, well, is it going to cost us more money to pay this out for the blowback? Or is it going to cost us more money to fix the problem? And if the blowback costs you less money, 
Yeah, just take the blow back and kind of spackle over it and call it good. Uh, Batman Arkham Knight? Well, that was blowback big enough that they pulled it from the store, but... <laughs> but uh, they did patch it to some degree, but they never completely fixed it. Correct. But it was also the first blowback right after Valve put in uh, refunds. Or, or I shouldn't say put in, because yeah, that makes it sound a lot more generous. They were forced to put them in. Right, but then the other thing that you have to ask is... Even if uh, Arkham Knight decided to be a shitty game and Valve lost money on the refund, people would already be aware of the ecosystem, and with that money, and this would probably be more Jared's domain uh, with the psychology, when you got the money back. That's twice you've made that promise. Like I said, it would be more your domain, (laughs) but this is also an economics thing. Where you get money back and you're thinking, oh, well, this is extra money that I would have spent place A, B, or C, but I'm already here on this platform, so let's get a game that I already like. Sunk cost? I don't even think it's sunk cost. I think it's shifted value or something. I, again, I have fucking no idea what the names for these things are. I don't think that that would necessarily be sunk cost, but I also have no idea actually what that would go Right, but do you see what I'm trying to hammer home here? Yeah. 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 Like, it's not sunk cost. Maybe it's sunk profit? I don't know. That that's It's like a weird thing where I have money that I had already allocated to something else, but now I'm getting it back so I can allocate it to something else. Jared's pulling out his DSM-9. I'm, I'm, quickly, I'm quickly Googling to see if there's, like, anything that can that will like show up or can jog my memory. My DSM is at my office at work. I've got my pocket DSM in your pocket on bookshelf. Right. It's on the bookshelf behind That's me. It's not a pocket. <laughs> not with that attitude. It doesn't not. really fit in your pocket. It's too big to fit in a pocket, but it's called the pocket DSM. Uh, cargo pants. It would fit in a cargo pants pocket. Just go get my cargo pants quick minute. But yeah, so I mean, ultimately, again, even though that they did lose money on the refund, you have to ask yourself, did they make money in other areas off of that, i.e. people just reinvesting their funds and then getting involved with the ecosystem? Particularly with how Valve handles their refunds where it goes back into the wallet Mm -hmm. or has an option to just go back into the wallet. Right, and with that, you would uh, be shunted more strongly into the ecosystem. Now, for sake of example, I use an iPhone, which is tied to the phone number 269, number, 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 number. And, uh... Am I going to get threatened again if I uh, go for the next set of numbers? Uh, yes, you will be very (laughs) threatened with that, or bleeped, one of the two. Uh, the fact of the matter is... Well, fuck. I'm already in the iTunes ecosystem because it's just the easiest way for me to get music. And it's all because I was already invested in this platform. So what you're looking for, back to your previous statement, is the endowment effect. The endowment effect is whenever someone already has stake in something or a previous stake in something, they tend to overvalue that stake and thus put more into it in the future. My man. Are willing to put more All into right. it. All right, yeah, future. that's what I'm going for. And so there you the go. Effect. That's there you go. All right, I'll have to file that away. Yep, I found that by bouncing off of the foot and door technique. 
Fair enough. Which is you get someone to agree something larger by getting them to agree to something smaller yep. first. And then there isn't there the uh, opposite of that where they turn you down on something bigger so they feel more obligated to say yes to something smaller? Uh, I've never... I've heard of that principle before. I've never heard it having a name. Let's see. I'll, I will look for that. Well, I mean, that's how I used to get now. people to do stuff in college. But that's neither here nor there. The Trump negotiating technique. It's going to be huge. Don't fucking worry about it, Marla. <laughs> I don't know why I gave him that much of a New York accent. But, uh, yeah, so. Well, maybe his tear piece is made in New York. Maybe. Or designed in New York and made in China. Maybe. But ultimately, it's not even necessarily in my mind, has steam become too powerful as much as has steam become too profitable as like a, a slightly different uh, version of that question. Because in the, uh, and this is going to sound very um, anti-capitalist. I'm not anti-capitalist. I'm going to start that off right there. Uh, in the oh uh, in the Smithian version of economics, um, the better something does, the less likely the invisible hand of the market is going to be to correct it. So if Steam starts losing money hand over fist, as long as they're making more money than they're losing, they have no impetus to change. Uh, very true. I mean, we've seen uh, Valve just stop game development for years because they haven't needed to. Correct. Uh, they've done their own little oddball projects with the, the Steam Blank, the Steam Controller, uh, some secret stuff with VR, actually funding a lot of VR research. Uh, but because they have the cash cow that is Steam and the Steam market, which is just, you know, perpetual money, mm-hmm. Because every uh, yeah every game that releases uh, something with loot boxes or something with cosmetic stuff that can be traded, or the Steam trading cards generates money. I mean, uh, in the last year, just be essentially cashing out for lack of a better term of Team Fortress Two after uh, going in at Christmas and seeing the absolute clusterfuck that game has become. Mm-hmm. And it's like no, I I, I like TF Two as a game, but. All the stuff that they've added to it is just too much for me. So I sold all my cosmetic stuff that I got just via gameplay. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I made like 60 bucks off of it. Right. And then that 60 bucks. On top of all the, on top of all the, uh, trading cards and everything else. And, you know, that's going to be in the Steam summer sale, but it's all, in the walled garden that is Steam. I can't easily get that out. I can in theory, but I lose a large chunk of it to do so. Right. And I mean, that's uh, that's the case with really any shop uh, that wants to try to keep you in the ecosystem. For example, my particular cardboard crack den uh, is a place called Tops over in Benton Harbor. And anytime <laughs> I sell magic cards that are worth any sort of money, They'll be like, well, we can give you about a third of the value of that card in uh, cash, or we can give you 50% of the overall value of that card in store credit. And I'll always take store credit because, you know, it's cardboard crack. Are you going to say no to cardboard crack? No. No, you are not. Um, well, I am because I have no one here to play with. Well, in my personal experience, I also parlay that into board games and other things. 
which again does not solve your problem, but uh, uh, that that's just replacing your crack with a uh, different crack, with, uh, replacing it with heroin. You know, look, I sent a picture out on Twitter the other week that uh, is essentially, "Hey guys, I have a problem. This isn't a cry for help, but I just have too fucking many board games," which is not a problem. Yeah. And then I chastised you and said, come back when you have a closet full. Well, that room is technically an office. It's already a third full. By the way, that bookshelf is not all of my games. It's just the bookshelf is full is what I was getting at with that. But yeah. So I don't know. Is is Steam too powerful? Probably. But is that a problem? It really depends on uh, how the other uh, marketplaces are able to handle because... Uh, well, let's take the latest, uh, controversy, the, uh, the waifu war, where they've been going after visual novels. Or, okay. or, uh, being pressured to by, uh, overzealous religious group. Uh, supposedly. I mean, there's been some doubt cast upon that in the last few days, if that's the reason, or who knows, right? But, yo, anime titties. Alright? Well... Uh, because of uh, that crackdown, or supposed crackdown, they've reversed it since then, uh, GOG actually started opening up. Uh, or was it Green Man? Or, uh, there was, uh, I think it was GOG, though, where they were opening up to the uh, developers that were being censored. So, yes, Valve does control the market to a, a greater degree, but they also... Their mistakes are a great capitalization for the smaller markets. Sure. So it's kind of counterbalancing it. Yeah, but then that also comes down to when there's a counterbalance in the market, is that because there's actual competition, supply, and demand uh, effects at play, or is it because Steam Or they're just shooting up? themselves in the foot. Right. Which comes down to, is Steam too powerful? Which I swing back to, maybe, but is that a bad thing for consumers? I don't know. It depends on uh, what Valve does in the next few years, because a lot, I think, is still just Gaben's influence and control. Because Valve has just a weird, weird, weird ecosystem in their corporation, where it's really almost a consortium of different teams right and a very flat uh, uh structure overall with gaben being the lord and master of valve gaben's yeah, not going to be around forever so what I was about happens to make that point i read a, a paper or a study or i can't remember exactly what it was that i read but it was talking about whenever companies lose like that influential charismatic founder like Apple with Steve Jobs was their big thing. And, like, he was not a great person, like, <laughs> not the best person. But as the head of that company, he had, was passionate and driven to make Apple the best company that it could be. And after he died, they sort of fell apart for a while because they didn't have that leading figurehead. And, yeah, and a lot of their practices changed and their products got worse and things like that. And there's the... I mean, that's likely to happen with Steam whenever Gaben either retires or moves on to another project. Yeah, hopefully whenever uh, yeah, whenever that time comes, it's been long enough that uh, Gaben has been able to 
set up his replacement essentially. But yeah, there's no guarantee of that. And you know, it's a very dangerous thing with how Valve is implemented. Where you know, they yeah. could make major changes to the architecture and he has no idea what the hell. Correct. I mean, the whole uh, paid mod uh, de- uh, debate originally was uh, based on a uh, thing that he had no clue about, supposedly. And he had uh, he didn't know about it until his email box started getting flooded. Which I'm not sure if I buy completely, but eh. it's yeah, it's hard to say one way or the other. But it's uh, it's such a weird position uh, Valve is in, just in general, because I don't think they ever uh, designed Steam to be the leading marketplace on PC. They were expecting it to be a niche thing. I agree because, with that completely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of design decisions, even yeah, in recent years, is more designed around a smaller market than Valve ever should have had in in their original design goals. And I think that may be part of the reason why we haven't seen a, another Valve or another Steam, I should say, is that any of these markets they're trying to be essentially what was Wow Killers back in the day. But you're not going to be able to catch up. You need to build small and build up. But that's not profitable to a to an investor. They don't see that as, oh, we're going to, according to the market, we're going to do this. No, it's building small, building up a stable growth, but it's not as attractive. It's not as sexy. Yeah. I mean, Valve was or Steam was sort of lightning in a bottle, right product, right time. And attached to the right product, because in order to get Steam originally, you uh, it was attached to Half-Life 2, which was a yeah. very hyped title to a very popular, uh, well, franchise at that point, because it was uh, several games in, uh, around the original Half-Life. So they had their foot in the door. So coming back around to Kyle, who is distracted right now. Yep. Responding to some tweets. Yep. But yeah, I think we're just circling the drain on this here where we're all just kind of in yeah. a Now, not to be pushy, uh, not to be pushy balls with you over here, but. Uh, You're going to be pushy balls with you over here. I am going to be a little bit pushy balls with you. It is midnight. I do need to be up in six and a half hours, so. Right. Uh, I would very, very much like to go to bed. Yeah, probably a good place to really cut things off there because uh, the other topics can hold. Indeed. Well, there, there was only one left. We did four. Yeah. And some good BS. Yeah. yeah, so that should be an episode ish. Indeed. Agreed. Indeed. Two hours and 51 minutes. Uh, 52 minutes. Minus some stuff but there's at least one there i might cut it up into two you never know never know but uh rage do you want to do our spiel for emailing and Uh, and yeah if you wish to uh write us it's vglpodcast at gmail.com or we're on twitter vglpodcast uh it's a shame we have no one around that uh, uh tweets us fairly often 
to uh, say that uh, it does work. Yeah, it works. I'll, I'll tweet out VGL community <laughs> stuff to see uh, to see what kind of response I can get. <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, we do respond to our stuff, uh, and it's always fun to get an oddball question or comment or. Uh, stuff to spy remark or uh, just stuff to shove into Franken episodes from now on. Yeah, shove it in there. Oh my! <laughs> uh, and I wasn't actually on the show notes, so uh, if you wish to uh, get the RSS feed for this, uh, assuming that you're listening to this on YouTube or found this somewhere else or need to see the show notes, assuming that there are show notes for this, because who knows, right? You do so vglpodcast.podbean.com, which is paid for by our Patreon. Patreon.com slash vglpodcast, which our uh, generous, generous patrons have really supported us over the years. And it's weird to see uh, Jared nod to all this, by the way. So odd. He's throwing me off my game. To be fair, I never really had a game to begin with. <laughs> oh, yes, Kyle. Do you wish to contribute? I I just did. I sent in a tweet. Doing oh my boy. due diligence. And we'll read that tomorrow when we record the real episode. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> anyway, our intro and outro music. This may be on the ground or who knows what by Kevin McLeod. Uh, and you can find his work at incompetech.com. And? And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice. Bye bye now. See you next Bye-bye. time. Bye bye. So one thing I did promise I would do before we stop recording is uh, I took a Twitter poll to see what uh, people wanted to hear on the uh, podcast or my next contribution. I didn't mention that I was going to be actually in a podcast. Oh, no. And uh, the thing that got tied for the most votes was the time I fucked up for five years. And uh, what that was is, you know how you have those words that you always read, but you never hear them read out loud to you? For example, uh, from How I Met Your Mother, chameleon and chameleon, where it's like, oh, you hear the word, but you never see it while it's being read. From the time I was about seven to the time I was about 12, I got real interested in the Titanic. And I kept coming across this word spelled D-E-B-R-I-S, and it never, ever clicked to me that that spells debris. For me, it was always Debris. Now, in that time, I had given presentations in class. I had made multimedia presentations. And I had talked extensively at impromptu museum and, like, lecture series things where I'd be like, so what do you think of the Debris field? Or what have you. And they would get a little chuckle, like, oh, well, the Debris field is this, that, this. I'm like, oh, they're answering my question. Never knew they were taking the piss. 
didn't come until a James fucking Cameron special on the Discovery Channel in like 2003. It was like, and we're approaching the debris field, and then it popped up, Debris Field. I'm like, oh, fuck. God damn it, I'm an idiot. Now, at that time in my life, that was about half my life. As it sits right now, that's about 20% of my life. I'm still burning that shit off. I'm still trying to run the clock out on that bastard, but... You know, on the bright side, they might have thought you were making some kind of a joke I'm or something hoping. to get involved. Or just have an outrageous accent. I'm hoping. But ultimately, I feel like everybody has those. And yes, yeah, so, so that's the story of how I fucked up for five years. You can put that in fucking wherever. Anyways, I really do need to go to bed. Thank you guys very much for having me. It's been a blast. I'll catch y'all later. It has been. Yeah, we All should right. kidnap uh, you more oh, often. Oh, yeah, I'd be down for it. <laughs>